Yo, BJ Gador with the BJ Gador podcast and Jeremy Scott here with the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast, a radio show. So we have the two most original names in the podcast game. <laughs> yes. This is going to be a great episode, guys. Look, we're going to call this like the best and worst of 2023 or basically a year in review. We're going to be talking the NBA in-season tournament. What a smash and success. Go let show. And we're also going to be talking top movies of the year, top TV and docs of the year. And uh, Jeremy also took some questions from people on Instagram because I turned off comments for mental health. What do we got coming through that? Uh, yeah, just the stuff that you guys sent in. We'll uh, we'll touch on Ozempic because obviously that's everybody and their brother is either thinking about it, taking it, or looking at it. And then uh, our biggest regrets on the fitness journey and a handful of other things along the way. You know what? This is like a uh, a fitness version of, of Festivus too. So we're gonna air some grievances. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give Cole uh, as part. This is like an annual tradition. We're just gonna give Cole to Peloton every year. Big fitness, bro. Big fitness for the rich. I did see uh, Dana White like did a thing where I don't know what it was, but like he yanked all the Pelotons out of all their studios because something happened where he's just like. No, I think that's what it was. They they must have pulled ads or something from uh, maybe it was uh, RFK Jr. or something. Like they weren't gonna, they didn't want to do ads on a show he was on or something. And Dana White's like, "Fuck that!" and yanks all the Pelotons out of all the UFC shit. Like within a week, they're gone. No, you, so you sent me that clip. He was on the Theo Vaughn podcast, which, by the way, like year in review, uh, I saw uh, Theo Vaughn's uh, stand up. And again, like you know, uh, the. the Half of my family is, I've, I've come from white trash. We're both from the Midwest. So I really do like his brand of comedy. And he's one of those guys, like, he's able to talk about some stuff that, uh, you know, might cause a lot of controversy with other people or would get him canceled. But when you're, when you're really funny, when you're like a naturally gifted comedian, you know, you can talk about things that nobody else can. You really use just, it's a skill, it's an art form. Um, but Dana was on his show. And Theo was talking about how, like, uh, people got upset about something with RFK. And then, like, I guess Peloton pulled all their ads from his show. And then Dana White went on this rant about, you know, stationary bikes and, you know, uh, fuck Peloton, which is, by the way, I was the first one to start saying that. Years I ago, did. I, I did a whole podcast entitled that. And iTunes, uh, like, penalized me because you're not supposed to have a swear in the title. Well, I did see... We have the last podcast you did with, uh, I think, Justin Yule at the very end. You give Peloton a little uh, shout out at the very end of the, the message. I always will. Because, again, like to me, like, I, I said on the podcast, I know you feel the same way. Uh, it's just like everything that's wrong with fitness. Like it's to me, <laughs> we're going to get into a lot of great stuff today, but we're on it. So might as well talk about it. Like remember when you're growing up and they would be like around this time of year, Christmas, December to remember all these cars like men are buy, gifting their wife a car for christmas i'm like wow what what a life where like you can give a car as a christmas gift that wasn't my christmas experience no and well and now that i'm an adult like obviously there's no way well my parents were not married so that was never going to happen anyway but even if they were like my dad wasn't going to just show up with a car and even if it was me today and like can like a second buy heather a car what kind of psychopath do you have to be where you just go and make this monster financial commitment without like notifying your partner about, Hey, I'm going to go drop 50 to a hundred thousand dollars on a car 
put a bow on it and then drive it up to the house and be like, hope you like it. Like that's like some psychopath stuff, man. And, and by the way, these were like, these weren't like Ford Escorts. These were Lexus, like premium luxury vehicles. But to me, it's like, cause you see the Peloton ads coming out right now. It's like this, some rich guy in his Manhattan sky rise, you know, with a, you know, several thousand dollar bike, like, you know, it's it's all about celebrity and, and wealth. And I just, it's everything I hate about fucking fitness, man. It's every, it literally is the symbol of it. And we're going to unpack a lot of that stuff today um, as well. And again, like, you know, we, we both come from nothing. We built a beautiful life for ourselves, but like, we're not rich people. We'll never be like, we're just not like those types of people. Um, and we don't like, you know, positioning fitness in that way. Cause fitness, fitness is for everyone. Physical culture and education is for everyone. It's not just for the elite. No, I mean, if you love it, if you love a Peloton or whatever kind of bike, like that's cool. But I don't, that, that to me is the one that sticks out the most because it, it's a bicycle. There's really nothing different other than you stuck a screen on it. And it's not a great bike of all the bikes you could buy. I mean, I'm not saying you have to get an assault bike, but that thing will cost you about 900 bucks. You can beat the hell out of it. Most of you, your entire life. And it is a hundred X the workout that you would ever get. Now, is it as fun? No, it's way more efficient, but you could get an erg bike or you could buy, I don't know, a real bike for like 200 bucks and just ride around your neighborhood. Like there's so many other things I'd rather do than sit all day and then sit again on a bike and shorten my hip flexors and TFL and so as, and cause myself this unwanted lower back pain and follow along to somebody on a screen. Again, if you love it, cool. I just don't, I just think it's really overpriced and it, I, I don't understand how it's even still going. Well, I mean, you know, what's going to happen. Like this is, this is uh, we, we've seen this. How many times we have to see this and they've already ex experienced the, the, they oversupplied the initial demand from the pandemics. So they have like all these bikes that no one wants. And uh, you know, the stockholders will, will see the writing on the wall and they'll get out and, Eventually they'll, they'll sell it before like things get bad and everyone is stuck with a stupid bike. That's just going to be a clothes hanger, a glorified clothes hanger. But anyway, people want to keep doing it. That's fine. But like you said, like an assault bike, such a better investment, a, a full body workout. Um, and I say, you know, obviously they say, oh, you can come off the bike and we have a treadmill now too. And it's just like, but you're not teaching people anything. You know what I mean? Like you're not, there's no empowerment you know, this is just, it's just, it's like, it's, it's celebrity. It's all about celebrity and like getting these personal trainers that are like, you see the ads are like, everyone's dancing. Have, I'm not against dancing. Okay. But like, you know, it's like, they because they know like everyone they're marketing to like everyone, there's everyone hates exercise. So we have to pretend like it's so much fun and, and we're dancing. And this is, you know, it's like, no, if, if that's what it's going to take. Like if you need someone to kind of dance you through a workout, you know, you, you're going about it the wrong way. And it's, it's just not going to be, it's not for you. It's not going to be sustainable. If you have to find a way, like you hate it so much that you have to like dance through it. I'm not saying have, don't have fun in your workouts, but I don't know, man. Like I, I, I'm so sick of Peloton. I'm so sick, sick of seeing their ads everywhere. And uh, you know, it's just a Peloton is, is, is like the fitness equivalent of Taylor Swift. I just can't get away from it. I can't get away from it. It's got to be on the tail end, though. It's oh yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be coming close. There's no way people can't even afford McDonald's right now. So let's let's start by talking about. 
you know, obviously we're we're, uh, we're big NBA fans, big basketball fans. We we did a earlier this year we did a kind of a, a season preview of the NBA as well for those who want to check that out. But wow, this tournament was something else, man. Like uh, there there are so many things that like to unpack. Um, LeBron James doing what he he did at 39, like literally running these young guys off the court. I, I, I by the way, like, and I'm joking now, but like, is he on growth hormone? Like, what's going on? Like, he turned the clock back. I haven't seen LeBron run down the court like that. Uh, it's been a while. Maybe Miami. Like, he was literally just. I mean, he's he looked like Marshawn Lynch out there, like fullback style, just punneling people. Uh, AD had that incredible performance last night. AD is on the way. Um, I want to talk about the, the brilliant marketing of the courts, the jerseys. Obviously, a lot of people hated that, but people won't stop talking about it. That got people to kind of check it out and stop and see what's going on. Um, I will say that the messaging was was bad. Like there was like uh, I was watching NBA today, and Richard Jefferson is like for ninety seconds trying to explain the in season tournament. I'm like. Like this might be because I'm 41. I'm like, he lost me like 10 seconds in. All you got to say, this is March Madness in December. That's all you had to say. Win and you keep going. All right. Except now these are pros. These aren't amateurs. We're going to literally now, um, you know, see the best in the world, one and done bracket style. But they they tried to make this like such, and then he gets a point differential. There's a tie break. It's like, no, no, bad messaging. If you can't explain it in three to five seconds, and then the last point I'll say, I wanted to see like what are your thoughts on how to improve it, but like I think the only the only thing I feel like it's truly missing is the winner of this should get a guaranteed sixth seed. They should lock in the sixth seed. Like if you if you know that in this tournament, if you win, you've got a guaranteed sixth seed playoff spot. Now they they there's still incentive that based on your record, if your record was high enough, you could climb up to the you know to as high as the one seed. But no matter what, you've got the six. And I mean, to me, the stakes, that's a level of stakes that could take as competitive as it was. No one's going to like everyone right now is like discounting. Oh, it's it's the NBA gifting LeBron another championship, a fake ring, just like the fake bubble championship. You know, you know but like if the Pacers would have won, all you would have been hearing how is like this is exactly what the NBA needs. So I want to talk about that, too. But uh, talk to me about like. What you thought about this tournament? What what you can see that can be improved, and what what do you think about like that guaranteed six seed? Like some could say play in, but to me it's like no play in. Like you can lose one and done. Like th if this is really as big as you want to make it, um, I feel like that is the type of incentive that could just take this to a whole new level ongoing. Well, it was weird because like at first I'm like I don't understand like what's the like what's the point of it, and then you start to see how they put it together, and you're like oh it's money. It's a, it's a business move um, and a smart one. I mean, because most normal NBA games during December, I don't give a shit about. And I didn't care about all of these, but you could tell it was different. Like the, the atmospheres just, and the, obviously the courts are, you know, they're, they're, they're some of them are cool. Some are different. My wife was like, what the fuck is going on here when you look at them? But I'm like, you could just tell it was, not a normal type thing and then like last night's game was cool to watch so i get why they did it from a, a monetary standpoint uh and a business standpoint i'm sure the viewership was crazy and the sponsors and the things that they can do and it seemed like the players like give a shit especially the dudes i do think having it be more than just the money now obviously 
you know, like LeBron will joke like, oh, it's $500,000. To him, it's like five bucks. But for some of those dudes, it's like almost double their salary because a lot of those guys, like the younger dudes, are making 800K a year, 900K a year, give or take. So that is, and for the coaches too, like if you're a coach and you get a couple hundred Gs, and I think even the losers got like 200,000 or something, which is actually pretty cool. But if there was something more at stake, it would be, I think it would make it even more competitive. The only problem would be it's kind of like the NCAA where Florida State's undefeated, but their quarterback's out. So they're like, fuck you guys, Alabama gets in. You know, right or wrong, it's a business though. Because you're like, now Florida State's not as great. So if you guarantee, like, hey, the Lakers win, they get the sixth seed, but now, like, LeBron's hurt or something, or Anthony Davis is hurt, it's like, well, you're not the same team. But that's, you know, a freak thing anyway. But I do think a guaranteed playoff spot, you'd get dudes to try a lot harder. Well, and the thing is, too, like, you know, the argument will be, well, then they can just coast the rest of the year. But, again, that's, I mean, a team with uh, some older athletes, like, I mean, AD's only 30, but like LeBron, for example, you know, then they don't have to play him on back-to-backs, you know, which by the way, should, they, there should never be, back to, be back-to-backs in the NBA. It, it, it's bad for the players. It, it's, I think it's just bad for business in general, but that, that's a separate discussion. But the thing is though, teams don't want to be limping into the playoffs. They don't, they want to be playing well at the right time in mid-April to end of April to kind of come into May. So, um, you know, they're still incentivized to climb up the rankings. You want to get home court. No one wants to play Denver four times in a seven-game series. No one wants to go up into that elevation and be out of gas for the first half of the game or the, the first two games in particular trying to adapt to the elevation. So um, I, I just feel like it would really just um, – and by the way, like there's something to be said for being the best team to start the season and to end the season. I, I, I love that concept. Um, you know, and I, you know, I think there's extra – like if you win both, I mean, there's no doubt you're the best team that year. You know, that would be cool. And again, like, it's not like the sixth seed is a one seed. So it's like, I don't think that's a, you know, to say, oh, now we're going to coast the rest of the year. I'm like, if you're good enough, like, you don't want to be the sixth seed for sure. I mean, obviously you'll take it. But the only thing I thought was weird was they like were popping champagne and making it be like you won a, an NBA championship. Because I'm looking at them like, it's cool, but I'm like, it's the games are cool because they're competitive and it's like kind of fun, but I'm like, I'd like, again, I always go back to, and I, I think I'm happy for LeBron. Like what he's doing is it's, it's insane to watch. Like, even if you're like, you don't like LeBron, you can't just sit there and be like, this is not the most unreal shit you've ever seen some old ass dude do. Like, it's just wild to watch. But I do think like if you were, if this was Kobe, right? Like they won, like is Kobe, smiling like give me the trophy no kobe's like fuck this i'm back in the locker room or like or jordan you know like they're just they get their personalities different lebron's more fun he's that kind of guy and so people will knock him for this like oh he's celebrating you know kobe and jordan wouldn't do that i'm like yeah but they're pricks and they don't celebrate anything other than winning at all so it is well, it's weird to see him do that but um like watching him play though like it's unbelievable dude it's like almost like he's like it, at moments, like still, he's not prime him, but it's the level he's playing at is unreal. Well, but the thing is, like, he he definitely isn't. Uh, well, it's almost like I think what's so great about it, it's been a transformation. Like, he was, there was a time, like, those Miami days, like, he was so, he would literally, 
outrun everyone down the floor. Now he he, he won't necessarily outrun people, but again, he just like I, I give the Marshawn Lynch analogy. Like he's just going, he's just going straight to the basket and he's just bouncing off people. And um, you can't just can't do anything about it. Like still, and if anything, it's like he couldn't do that 10 years ago. He couldn't just like run through people. He could jump over them, he could outrun them, but he like he's just so big and strong right now. And he, he knows how to use his body in such a way that, like, I don't know. So it's been really cool to watch. And obviously, his three-point game has been elevated. Like, he, he remember that streak against uh, the Pelicans where he just made three, 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 three straight threes, uh, one by the logo? Like, I mean, he 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 made Zion uh, – he embarrassed, he embarrassed Zion. Like, Zion was – besides Wemby, no one else has come into this league with as much hype as Zion. And you see a guy at 23, like jogging out there, just showing up casual about it. And uh, I, I know you say like Jordan and Kobe would not have been as, uh, you know, celebrating this. And again, there's the guy wearing the LeBron jersey. Um, but I'm, I'm not like I'm not like a stan. I, I mean, I I grew up an MJ fan. Um, I respect Kobe a lot. But the reality is Adam Silver and the NBA needed to make this work. They got a big TV deal coming up. You've already the writing's on the wall too for a lot of these guys. Mark Cuban sells ownership. MJ sells ownership. These guys, these they feel like this is the the perfect time to exit because they they're not sure what the next TV deal is going to look like. Streaming and networks that I mean they're they're struggling like crazy right now. HBO Max, Netflix, all these places, ESPN. So um, they needed to make this work. Now it's the same thing. Like when David Stern needed to make something work, right? They got the top players to buy in. They got MJ to buy into the dream team. Everyone else joins. So if, if this was like 20 years ago and David Stern wanted to make the end season tournament work, uh, he would have gotten Michael Jordan to buy in. And Michael Jordan is a showman. Maybe LeBron would LeBron have been celebrating as much if he didn't know like the NBA needed this to work for its future. Again, like I think a lot of it is just you hate him. He beat he's beating your team all these years. But at some point, it's like the hate just becomes respect. To be doing this in the 21st season, averaging three or four times points per game of the closest people that have been there before, guys like Kevin Garnett, greats in the game to play at this age. Um, it's pretty crazy. And it, it's also, again, as you're 40, I'm 41, like you love to see it. You love to see an old guy come and beat the shit out of these young kids. Well, and like Zion too, like not to bag on him, but like he doesn't look like he's in shape, you know, like he doesn't look like, I mean, not that he's out of shape, but he just doesn't seem like he's at his peak, you know, physical condition. And he's a younger dude in his twenties. And then you get LeBron who's, you know, could be his dad coming in and just like steamrolling him and everybody else. And like the LeBron thing, it's, he's almost like the Patriots, like, you know, people will hate the Patriots because they were just so good for so long. And then when they lose, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, they can lose. Like, LeBron basically is that. It's like this dude is – I think that Rick Carlisle said this. He was he was the youngest guy in the league, and now he's the oldest guy in the league. Like, he's the only dude who's been like both, who's been the youngest guy and the oldest guy. And he's been awesome the whole time. Like, I think the first year Kobe was in the league – he came off the bench. He averaged like six, seven points a game. Eddie Jones is starting over him. Um, and I think, I don't know who said this the other day. Maybe it was uh, Stack or somebody. He's like, dude, Eddie Jones is not starting over LeBron. Like when LeBron's in 10th grade, 
LeBron's like going to be starting. And like, I don't know if that's true or not, but like LeBron comes into the league at year one and averages over 20 points a game. And it's never looked back since, which is fucking wild, man. No, man, it's crazy. And, you know, ultimately too, like <clears throat> winning half a million dollars, like there's two guys in the Lakers. That's a, that's literally a 50% increase in their salary. Can you, like, can you imagine if they came to you and me, like, Hey, we need you to make a DVD. And if it's really good or it's the best DVD in a competition, a workout DVD, again, whatever it is, like whatever our lame asses would do in comparison. Right. Yeah. Um, just, we're just former athletes that are just trying to find a way to, to make a living here, um, doing what we love. But, um, like what I'm just thinking of like how much I would get up for, like I got paid $10,000 to make speed shred. Okay. Like now that's, that's, that's no joke amount of money like i'd still get up for something like that but like in comparison like knowing how much money it made how many people it reached 500k would have been a lot more i think reasonable in my opinion in terms of compensation but um can you, can you imagine like how exciting that would be to get up for that and again like these guys uh lebron's a billionaire because he's not scoffing he never scoffs at five hundred thousand dollars. a lot of people you know when you don't have money and I've been there when I've started to start to make some money, like you have no appreciation for, for, for how to manage it. Um, you want to spend it. You don't think about, you know, long-term stuff like that. Um, and that's why a lot of these guys have been going broke, but there's a reason he's become a billionaire still playing because any amount of money is not something to scoff at. No, especially if someone came to me and said, Hey, we're going to double your, what you make in a year. Do you know how hard I would try, bro? Like, even if it wasn't that, if they said, hey, man, come here tomorrow morning, if you're on time and you do your normal job, we're going to give you $5,000 for being here all day tomorrow. I'll be like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, I'll be on time. Even if it's not like this insane number, but for those dudes, you know, Jack, they are like, you never seen benches cheer so hard because they're like, hey, man, if we win, dude, I'm going to go from making 480 a year to a million dollars. Like, that is wild stuff. And you can just put it away for 20 years and be set. That's what Max Christie said he's going to do. Uh, one of their uh, young players who really, you know, has a lot of potential. Three and D. He's got a nice clean shot. Uh, incredible defensive. Like honestly, like um, this team. That, again, it's it's anything can happen in the finals. If anything, like the in season tournament favors a team like the Pacers, a young team that could just shoot the lights out any given night. Um, so I, I, you know where I think the Lakers are actually better suited to a seven game series. Cause again, like when, it, when you're playing against a young team, you figure them out and then it's just all mental. And that's, that's where LeBron, LeBron's going to figure out how to win a seven game series. If healthy, I still say, man, like he had a torn tendon in his foot last year against Denver. And that was, that ended up being the, uh, the I know it was a sweep, but it was the smallest point differential uh, I think ever in a, in a sweep before. Cause those games came down to a couple shots a um, couple of possessions at the end of each game against who still is the best player in the game, Jokic. But um, Cam Reddish, bro, like, I, honestly, I think he he won't get it, but I think he has the potential to be the most improved player of the year. I, his defense is elite. You've got a seven-foot-one wingspan, and you've got a guy that was, like, the guy in college that can just focus on shutting down the best player. And then you have Vando that can come in. And it's, it's like, to me, it's like uh, an all-time defensive tag team. They switch out every five minutes, just come in. So, you know, I don't know if they're going to be considered the championship favorites now, but obviously everything ties into LeBron and AD's health. But 
again, if they had a guaranteed playoff spot at six seed, um, you know, I, I feel like that could make this uh, potentially the most interesting part of, of the year. Um, because again, like just to know you had that locked in the decisions you can make. And then by the way, you've got the trade deadlines coming up and you've, you, you've seen how your players either rise up or fall to the level of that intense, like playoff style competition. So now, you know, like what your lineups might look like, who you might want to keep or who you might need to trade. So I just feel like, um, it's such a cool way to, uh, set the stage at the quarter point of the season. I don't know. Like, and I know people were, were, were complaining about the courts. And again, typically it's guys our age and older that just hate anything new. But um, I, I liked all of it. I, I just thought it was, uh, again, like you said, this is, a, this is such a smart business decision. This is literally the, the lowest rating, least revenue uh, part of the season for this business model. And they just found a way to inject so much energy, excitement, and, and frankly, revenue into it. And so I don't know, I, I just I take a lot from it as an entrepreneur or just, you know, you think about the downtimes of our business, like the summer, right? People are traveling and, you know, um, what can we do to infuse a little? I know you do it all the time, you know, a, a quick 28 day challenge or stuff like that. But there, there are a lot of lessons. I don't know. What do you take from it uh, with, with, with how you approach things? Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally we do the same thing and we've kind of always done it to generate, you know, whether it's revenue or just interest in getting people who typically are, you know, if it's the NBA, right? Like they're around the game and I might watch a game here or there, but I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have watched a game last night. I don't think I really wouldn't. If, if just the Pacers and the Lakers were playing last night, maybe I would have turned it down, but I probably watched a movie or done something different. So I'm like, I don't really care, but I'm like, well, it's the, it's the championship. And then obviously I watched the Lakers and the Pelicans. And then obviously watch, you know, the Pacers and the Celtics. So I'm watching the stuff before. So like for me, every game, do I care? No, but like it's a quote unquote tournament. So it got me to watch probably three or four extra games at least that I wouldn't have watched. And if I was com to compare it to something else, like the all-star weekend sucks to me. Um, I, as a kid, I thought they tried more. Uh, and I, it was kind of cool to watch because you would see dudes, um, you know, like when it's, I'm talking like, you know, in my opinion, the golden era. So it's like, Jordan, David Robinson, Magic, Bird, even like Shaq, when Kobe and Jordan in those games, like they would try. Like they would actually like kind of play a real game for the most part. And now it's just, it's a complete shit show. Nobody plays defense at all. It's like, it's terrible to watch. And then the dunk contest has sucked, in my opinion, for the most part. Now, there's some one-off stuff, but it's not great. The three-point contest is the only thing I think that's kind of cool. But again, it really only works if the stars do it. You know, it's like the, I remember watching this Larry Bird interview where he's like, yeah, I'm in the three-point contest and I guess I'm kind of nervous because all these guys are bench players. Like I'm the only guy who's like the man and he obviously in his Larry Bird fashion. But once I hit a couple shots, like I knew I was going to win, obviously, like, cause he's just a complete shit talker. And I remember some of those would be fun. And some of the, th like the three-point contests are okay, but the rest of all-star weekend, I think is trash. I think this is way better than that is in terms of generating interest i don't know in terms of revenue like how it does but i again the skills competition I, I couldn't tell you if i've ever watched one like it's garbage to me well you know what's also i mean like think about the pacers man this was this was like their first national national games of the year they had to beat philly boston and milwaukee to get to this final 
So they're no joke. I mean, they, they are no joke. I don't think anyone wants to go against the Pacers at any point during the season. Um, and it's, it's a great opportunity for a team that never gets any sort of spotlight <clears throat> that, you know, maybe is not equipped for a seven game series, but any given night, you know, NFL style, March Madness style, they can shoot the lights out and run you out the building with points. So um, I, I thought it was great for that young team. And, and obviously Halliburton is, is just exploded onto the scene. So um, I don't know. I just, I feel like it was, it's great for the league. It, it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I, I really, I feel like that additional stake could make this potentially the most exciting because, you know, these seven game series, like they, they, uh, I mean, it's a lot of games. Like you're like, you're, it, it's a marathon, you know? Um, so I, I just, I, I really like the, I just, I loved it. And uh, I'm excited to see, um, you know, what comes from it. Do, do you have any, has it changed your mind at all about who you think is going to win the championship or, or uh, what are your thoughts there? Uh, it's tough. Cause I try not to do the, you know, recency bias, which sure. most people tend to do like, Oh, you know, we forget guys who played before, right? Like, oh, we don't talk about Iverson. Like, he just doesn't exist anymore. Like, all of a sudden, like, Kyrie's the greatest thing ever. I'm like, do you remember Allen Iverson, bro? Like, and I'm not trying to not Kyrie, but we'll talk about, like, I, I think it was watching, like, uh, Arenas talking about this. They're like, who's the harder person to guard, Kyrie or Iverson? And, like, without a hesitation, he goes, Iverson. Well, some people say Kyrie this and this. He goes, yeah, because they never guarded Iverson, bro. He goes, I'm not even talking. He goes, one guy's trying to kill you. One guy's, like, going to get buckets in, like, these fancy ways. But one guy's trying to give you 50 every single night. He goes, it's just exhausting. My point is, is, like, we'll forget about stuff that isn't happening right now. The Lakers do look really good. But I, do I think they're the favorite? Like, no, I don't think they are. Um but they do look good, man. Like I, watching them makes me think they're better than I guess I thought they were. And to your point, I never would watch the Pacers. They're not on TV. I mean, I we get a lot of the channels here, but honestly, even watching NBA TV, sometimes the the commentating is so bad. Uh, it, as weird as it is, like it makes a difference. Like if it's Mike Breen doing a game, or it's I think the other day it was somebody in Brian Scalabrini, and he's a, he's a cool dude. Like he seems fine. But some of the shit I just listen and again, I'm an old angry man. Like some of the stuff I just say, he's like, How can Derek White, like, how can they call him a role player? I'm like, dude, he he is a role player. Like, very few dudes are superstars and like main players. And I'm like, and I'm just listening to them like have these pauses and not talk during the plays and like they really don't know what to say. And I'm like, Yeah, man, this is not this is not great. So like I'm picky at the games I watch. And so I'm not gonna seek out a fucking Pacers game, but I'm watching like the Halberton kid is really good. Um, he does take some really, really bad shots, like some really awful off the dribble threes that are so far away and air balls them by a good like two feet. I'm like, which I give him credit, like he doesn't give a shit, which is a different skill. But to your point, like I wouldn't watch the Pacers, I wouldn't know anything about him or see him. So it does bring that. I do think the Lakers are better. Um, but I don't – it's tough, too, because, like, the Timberwolves have the best record. And it's like, well, that's not really – you know, they do, but are they the best team? Like, no, I have no faith in the Timberwolves whatsoever. Oh, I mean, look, it's it's going to go through Denver. There's just no doubt about it. Um, you you, you want to win this championship, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be going through Denver in the West. But um, I definitely think uh, the offseason 
work that the Lakers put in the front office, uh, we, we saw what's possible. And then the other piece of it too, you were mentioning the, the commentating. Did you see, so my wife accidentally recorded instead of the ABC version of the, the game, she recorded the ESPN, which had basically was an unplugged Kevin Hart. Oh, oh when I started, when I started, when I started the, uh, I was home, I dropped Heather off, I come back and like, that was what was on. And I'm like, it was like six, it was a little bit after 6.30 that they actually tipped it. And I'm watching, it's like Kevin Hart and his friends. And I'm like, what is this? I, I, I thought it was literally like, that's how they were going to show the game. And I'm like, this is actually like terrible to watch. And then finally I, I found that like right at tip off, I found the real edition. But yeah, that was, um, there's zero chance. Like I will say like, if it's football, I've watched some of the Manning cast stuff, uh, which is actually kind of funny. Um, those two dudes ripping back and forth but I don't want to watch a whole game like that. And no offense to Kevin Hart, like he's funny, but uh, that was a terrible uh, five minutes of my life. Dude, that was, that was the worst broadcast I've ever seen. And I, I got, I got put in there. By the way, the difference between the Mannings and Kevin Hart is the Mannings are football legends. They can actually speak to what's going on out there. All Kevin Hart was doing, he was just making fun of uh, the way Anthony Davis looks, calling him bug eyed, uh, new Benz. <laughs> I mean, like, it's like no one, it was so bad because I, I like to typically watch on replay so that I can cut through most of the commercials and then get live for the fourth quarter so that no updates come through on my phone that tell me what happened. So we went out to dinner quick, came back, and then I realized, oh, my God, like I got I to gotta watch this to get to the third quarter right now. So, And I never do this, but it was so bad. Even my wife, who's just a ca- – she's a casual <laughs> or at best uh, in terms of, you know, watching this stuff. But – it was so bad listening to it. I, I, I couldn't follow the game. And uh, I, I like to, like, I don't watch the game typically with, with people. It just I like to, I love to just, like, completely immerse myself in it. Um, I, I said, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to miss the first three and a half quarters, get live so I don't have to deal with this. And I never do that. That's how, that's how bad that was. But, you know, I know ESPN is, is desperate. They're struggling. They're trying to find any which way to get people to, to kind of stay tuned, I guess. But um, I guess that that's something that I'd love to see thrown away, never done again, because uh, I mean, I just, I just could not do it. I, I was getting physically ill um, and I, I have a hyper-focused thing. So like I, it was such a distraction. I, I just could not, I'm watching the game, but I, I can't figure out what's going on. Cause it was so, it was so bad. And again, I wish I, I'm so happy for Kevin Hart's success. Okay. Kevin Hart, I'm glad you make millions. I'm glad that you're everywhere in the world, but like, I'm not, I just can't handle you also taking over my NBA. Okay. There's going to be some, some boundaries. Well, with it's like five friends too, which I didn't really, maybe they're famous too, but I didn't know who those guys were. And I'm like, I don't understand why this is even a thing right now. All right, let's move on because if you don't like basketball, you've already left. Um, Let's talk movies, man. I'll, I'll let you kick it off. Like any movies that really stand out this year that you want to talk about, um, and, and then I'll uh, share some. Maybe you have some crossover. I'm sure we do because I know we'll, I know Oppenheimer is going to come up. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the. I think Oppenheimer is not. And that's not the only. I saw John Wick four in the theaters because uh, I'm that dude, and then I saw Oppenheimer in the theaters too. I'm just a Chris Nolan uh, fan in general. Like I think he makes like some of the best movies. Uh, they're all like all the Dark Knight stuff I think is legit. 
uh, Inception was legit, uh, Prestige, all of these uh, are great. And I thought Oppenheimer, for what it is, like it's, if you don't, again, like I didn't know all the history and I don't think people like, I didn't know he was homies with Einstein, which is fucking wild to think. Um, and the fact that we all haven't killed each other yet too, which is kind of crazy. Um, but no, Oppenheimer, I saw in the theaters and, and John Wick 4 in the theaters are the, the only two I saw. And they're both, I thought they're both, you know, good for what they were, obviously completely different, but Oppenheimer was the shit. Uh, I have not seen John Wick 4, so I got to see that at some point. Um, the, you know, so what's crazy about Oppenheimer is, you know, I, I know it was a masterpiece. I will say though, like in theaters, like, and I think that was the intention. It was a punishing experience. Every, it, it, you know what I mean? Like I, I was like, I'm there for three hours and you can't move. And I'm like, and just getting punished with the noise and the sounds. And again, I think purposefully, um, but like as good as, as good as it was in terms of what it was, it, it, it doesn't even hit the top five of Nolan's resume. Right. I, I, I put all the dark nights, uh, interstellar, one of my favorites, uh, awesome. I think prestige is awesome too. But then obviously inception, like how good is Christopher Nolan? Like, I think he's, I mean, to me, he's, those are my favorite. Again, I'm a Christian Bale fan too. So he uses Christian Bale in half the movies. Uh, actually uses the same people in, in damn near all the movies. I mean, Cillian is in a lot of the movies too. So uh, yeah, he's my, I just watched Interstellar actually. The other day it was on here while I was doing mobility. Oh. And I find myself just like, oh yeah, this is just badass. Like he's the man. Oh no, that, that movie, I think I've seen that uh, at least five times now. And every time I see it, I, I just have a bigger appreciation for it. I mean, he really like uh, great movies. And again, I think I have to, I got to see Oppenheimer again when it comes out, like at home. Cause I'm at the point now, man, it's like, I don't mind a three hour movie, but again, like I want to be in my Norma text with my legs elevated. I want to be able to take a bathroom break. You know, I want to be able to have my own food. I do, I do believe that we are, we are in a post movie theater era officially because again like for guys like you and i like if, if you have these types of amenities at home like you got to really in incentivize me to come to the theater you know and again like i i went out and supported the whole barbenheimer right so i went to see barbie with my wife and then we also saw oppenheimer on the same weekend uh barbie was huge too by the way and again shout out to um ryan gosling you got to give that guy credit man Takes his fitness seriously. Funny guy. He's he's been pretty prolific. Um, and I, I thought I thought Barbie was pretty entertaining. Again, like it's obviously not a bro film, okay? But um, you know, you got you gotta you gotta you know you gotta support what the ladies like to watch too. So um, it uh, it was entertaining for sure. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't see Barbie. Of course you didn't. Obviously, see it. Uh, I almost we almost rented it one night, but I'm like. Uh, Let's watch something else instead. Like, we try to do stuff together when we can, but that's more of a, like the other day I watched, um, I had a, a lady here, she kept telling me watch like Violent Christmas, uh, which is, it's terrible um, for one. But she's like, you know, I think you'll, I think you'll like it. It's the dude from Stranger Things. He's the main character, like John Leguizamo's in it. Um, it's just really bad. Uh, and he just, Santa Claus like kills a bunch of people and shit. And they do some parts from like Home Alone. Uh, but I know like if there's a chance for me to like watch this awful thing or at least try to, like it has to be so low because it's like Heather's not going to sit through that for more than five minutes, nor, nor would I for like a Hallmark movie. Um, I'm sure Barbie's decent and maybe one time we'll watch it, but she hasn't uh, forced me into it yet.
Well, there's actually a good amount of bro humor in it. Like, uh, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, there, there's there's a good amount of stuff I think you'll you'll laugh at just in terms of just uh, just a critique on men in general uh, that I think you can appreciate. Again, like I think a lot of the reaction was, you know, oh, this is hypercritical of men and the patriarchy. Again, it's like it's a fucking movie. Calm down. It's a movie, and actually, it's it's really a comedy. So, um, you know, there's a couple other movies that really stood out to me. Um, so I'm gonna, this is, this is an interesting one and I discounted it at first because it, it just can't kind of seem like a teen movie, which it is, but, um, it's called freaky with Vince Vaughn. It's on freebie right now. Another one of these apps, but basically, uh, Vince Vaughn is like this psycho serial killer. And I'm not, there's no spoiler alert here. You see this in the preview. And, uh, when he's trying to kill this girl, they switch bodies. And then the serial killer is now in a teenage body. And then the, the, the teenage girl is in Vince Vaughn's body. And Vince Vaughn, man, like, like th that's what I'm saying. Like, too, if, if you're weary of trying the movie, let's give Vince Vaughn a little bit of credit. I mean, who, who's who's been funnier the last 20 years than Vince Vaughn? Can you name someone? I mean, he's been in some just, I mean, Will Ferrell and him, but they're in a lot of the same, like, they're in some bangers, dude. Like, Will, because, like, again, we're going through, like, Obviously, Elf was on the other day, and then we had shit playing in here, like old schools playing in here. Step Brothers is playing in here, and I'm like, okay. But then you go like the Vince Vaughn is in like a handful of those, and like Wedding Crashers, and Couples Retreat. And, like you go down the list, like the dude has made some bangers, dude. Four Christmases, that's a good one. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, if anything, like we, I think we do this too often now, like. Show some respect. Show up for show up for Vince Vaughn. Watch this movie because the the ratings are off the charts. People that watch it, but it, it was one of those movies that, um, you know, people I, I think people slept on. We just saw it like this week, and uh, Vince Vaughn is 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 so funny. Like the mannerisms he takes on to be like a teenage girl, and uh, it, it, it's not, and it is like over the top gruesome at moments. So I guess it's not a family movie, but. Like, I guess it depends on the family. Like, my family would have really enjoyed watching this growing up. Uh, but I, I had a strange family. A little bit dysfunctional. So maybe that speaks to uh, the problem. Did you see uh, Super Mario Brothers? That I didn't see. Did you? Yeah. It's like if you're a Nintendo kid, like if you grew up on Nintendo, all the, all the stuff matches. Like, everything from the games, they did a good job matching it to the movies. Like, all the audio stuff is all the same stuff like from the game and it's a i mean for what it is like it's a pretty good story or how you would do mario brothers obviously better than the i think it was john leguizamo that did like the like when they were like real people they did like mario brothers like back in the day where they dressed up in fucking costumes yeah. like this is this is a much better version of that okay so I, i'm gonna check out john wick 4 i'm also gonna check out the mario brothers there, there's two movies that um you guys have to check out if you haven't seen. So one uh, is Speak No Evil. And um, like th this was one of the like, I'll kind of set again without any spoilers. Um, and I will say too, like if I guess if you have kids or you're really triggered, this is probably not the movie for you. But again, you know, my wife is heavy into like psychological and horror with her podcast, Twisted Mirror. So we're always watching these types of things, you know, just to kind of see what's out there and, you know, getting ideas and inspiration. But um, essentially, uh, a couple with kids is targeted by another couple. And what what kind of 
happens it is the most intense like psychological warfare I've ever seen implemented on on another like uh, from one couple to another um it, dude it was mind blowing like this 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 movie shook me up like this this is a uh, this is not for everyone but I think if you if you like to be like put in that type of situation where like you're seeing the true evil nature that hum humanity is is capable of this movie is that um, it does have uh, subtitles, which I know is a real turnoff to a lot of people. But um, I think a lot of people also discount some of these international films because of that. Like we, we don't want to just be the ugly American that's unwilling to watch, you know, content only in our, our native tongue. I've been there, like, but I, I've been opened up to some awesome movies uh, last couple of years by just getting over that. And by the way, you, you do get over it quick after like the first five or ten minutes, anyway. But speak no evil like gotta check that one out and the last one i'll say it just came on netflix this week uh leave the world behind i watched it you saw it too yeah on uh saturday maybe i had put it on i'm like heather heather's sisters in town so i'm like i have a little more free time than normal uh and i'm like i don't think she's gonna watch this it was long though like a way bigger investment than i thought it was long but what were your thoughts i mean the end i don't want to spoil anything like the ending wasn't my favorite uh for sure I, I like movies like that um like i i don't want to talk tv shows too i have not finished the last of us like i've seen some of the episodes of that series like i like that type of shit. um it was it was all right uh it was just there's other there's shit i thought could have been better but like i watched it like obviously and i didn't think it was terrible like parts of it were really good uh, you probably could have done some stuff different. I don't know how you, again, with a movie that's not like, a, a, it's like a series. Like to me, that movie could have been an entire series of how things would have played out is what I would have liked to seen, I guess. I mean, that's a fair assessment. Again, for me, because again, I, I wasn't expecting much because it was a Netflix movie. Because again, the trend has been like, like really lazy production lately for, especially the, like the movies that are made like as originals through these streaming platforms. But uh, what I loved about it was just the, like some classic cinematography, like some of the shots, man, some of those sweeping shots that are like one shot going from like, like towards the end when they flash towards the city and come back to the house. Uh, I pay attention to that stuff because again, I've, I've been both behind uh, and in front of the camera. And I know when I'm on a shoot where like, I'm not really dealing with professionals here. This, this is just like a paycheck type of deal, which a lot of these like originals on these streaming platforms is, but I thought the soundtrack and the music was incredible. Great cast, great oh, dude. cast characters um, and the tension. There was just a lot of tension. Like you said, it was long, but I think they did a really good job of building the tension. And um, I'm also fascinated by these like apocalyptic type things. And uh, again, without spoiling anything, um, one thing I really took from it is like, God, if the internet like went out, like we'd be so fucked. Like what, what how, how do you and I make money without the internet? I know you have a gym, what? but like <laughs> me in particular, bro, like within, within a couple of days, like I'm gonna be selling copies of my book on the streets. Yeah, I mean, if that, I mean, if that, like a solar flare, or if it was like a power grid thing, or whatever, cyber attacks, whatever you want to call it, none of us make it very long, dude. Like, 
I just, again, I'm not trying to be like super depressing on here. Um, it's like you, you theorize like, oh, I would, you know, do this and this. I go, it would be complete fucking anarchy and complete chaos with everybody. And you, you watch during the pandemic, dude, people like, again, the psychological of like, we're going to just grab the toilet paper because we see the shelf getting empty. It's not there. We need to hoard it. Now, if it was like the old taco seasoning packets, you're not going to do that because you won't notice it. But just the, the visually seeing things happen around you. So yeah, if you didn't have the internet, I mean, most people can't do anything. Like, especially if you're like, again, not to go crazy, but like your cars, some of these vehicles are controlled. Like where we live, they have these, it's called Waymo. I don't know if you guys have them there. They're the cars they drive themselves. Nobody drives these cars around here. They're picking people up and taking them places and there's no fucking drivers. There's none. And sometimes they fuck up and, and like turn into oncoming traffic and do weird shit. Like that's a real thing. But those are controlled by a computer somewhere and somebody. And now if your signal goes down or whatever, I'm like what happens to those people in those cars and where do those cars go? Like it would go sideways real fast if we don't have our infrastructure set up. Dude, like this is why, you know, again, I think you have to have, I joke about us being, um, I shared something recently about just my experiences with like AI. I, I just, I find AI to be just so hilarious at this stage um, in terms of like, you know, it's attempts to design um, some of the stuff that it creates. Uh, but we are literally living in the times that as growing up in like the eighties and nineties, like movies were trying to predict like what, the, what would happen with AI and tech and in the future. And like, we're literally living in the times that movies like the Terminator and, you know, that we're like trying to predict. So it, it's, do we are, it's a special time to be alive, good, bad, and ugly. Um, we're, we're living in it. Like this is the beginning of whatever it's going to be. And, and all I, all I know is it's going to happen really fast. The next three to five years are going to determine, I think the future of mankind in a lot of ways. Yeah. So if you like that type of stuff, like leave the world behind, is probably a good movie well it's it's good for you to see and watch and just not to be like fatalistic but just how thin the layer is that we live behind uh in the world and, and everything that goes on and yeah to your point the ai shit i don't know that's what people ask me like what what are you going to do in next year or three years or five years i'm like i don't know dude i don't know what to tell you because i've never seen anything move this fast at this pace uh like when i'm in college you have a like a nokia phone with t9 word and snake on it and you don't really call anybody because it costs money and you sure as fuck don't text anyone now you have these phones that are like super computers essentially and everybody and their brother has one and now you're gonna have well, again I, I say there are cars here that drive around and nobody's in them and they pick you up like an uber that has been happening here for a long time and there's no one in them. Like how long until that's all that there is? Is it a year? Is it two years? And then people don't drive Uber anymore. I mean, some people do, I don't know. They'll figure out how to do Uber eats or all the other things, but it's definitely like a disruptor for sure. And I think obviously there's some good things from it that will happen, but uh, we are not like mentally prepared or like, equipped for the disruption that is going to take place. And I, I hope a lot of it's good, but the person in me feels like a lot of it's going to be not so great either. Hold on to your titties. That's what, that's all I'm going to say. 
Uncle Baby, like, again, after watching that movie too, Uncle Baby Biscuits is like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta like, I gotta learn some more man shit, like how to make a fire. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into my survivalist mode. Um, and again, like, I, I'm not trying to, I'm joking a little bit at the same time too. Like, you gotta also respect the awesome power of technology. And again, like, one of the things that freaked me out is, you know, I read an article. Uh, I don't know if you're, you're seeing on top of the whole open AI thing with the CEO and stuff like that, but essentially, uh, what I, what I took from this article is, um, up until this point, everything with AI has been binary, like zero one, like, you know, yes or no. Uh, but part of the big concern that happened in this recent controversy they had was they, the AI like demonstrated a level of thinking and improvisation and autonomy that they didn't know was nearly possible at this point, at this stage. So, um, you know, regarding like solving a specific math problem that, you know, I don't want to get into the specifics of it. You can, you can Google it, but like, you know, it's because I've got, I've been using uh, a part of the stuff I do on, on YouTube. Like I use something called, um, what's it called? But anyway, like AI is baked into it where like they suggest headlines even like can generate thumbnails for you or descriptions for your video and uh you know it's it's obvious to me when it is ai still at this moment much like stuff through chat, chat gpt is but again it's just the speed with which it can be accomplished like uh, uh, something to, to post on youtube that might take 30 to 60 minutes you can get done in a couple minutes for a creator i mean that means i can get out probably three videos in a day where it might have only gotten one in the past you know, um, and obviously some people are using it to write their newsletters. There are trainers out there right now using it to send out the workouts that people are paying for because most people don't even know the difference. They could not even tell the difference. Now, people that follow you and I, they're, they're not the average fitness consumer. They're high level people that can just truly tell the difference between, you know, fakes and real ones, you know, um, which is why you and I will always have a smaller audience than a mainstream household name because, we're not, we're just not about that life of the bullshit and all this other stuff too. And again, I think you and I also, we don't enjoy making content for like the eternal beginner that like, frankly, they're going to be better off just taking Ozempic. Uh, yeah. I mean, we can talk about that too. I will say like with the chat GPT shit, like you can use, again, there's a lot of good tools out there. Um, but even if it's like, Hey, write me a sales copy for X, Y, Z, you still have to change a lot of it. I mean, to me anyway, I could see, but I, a normal person who really doesn't give a shit like it's an easy way to get stuff out there even though it's not your stuff and again normal people really don't give a shit and it's probably going to be fine uh but yeah uh for us it's probably a little bit different we give a shit uh, too much for sure which i hate to say that and, and sound like this old person who's just finished uh but like you care uh way more than a normal person does in fitness or most professions. I think there's a, a segment of people who give a shit and then people who just kind of punch a clock. Um, and again, if you're, if you just want to jump into Ozempic, fuck it, we'll just go the Ozempic route too. Well, you know what, let's, let's say, you know, we're going to, you know, this, this is good. Uh, best practice, social media, save the, the hottest topic towards the end of the episode yeah. to increase the watch time. And we were joking by the way too, like, if you can get someone to watch a long form video on YouTube right now for more than two minutes, you are an elite content creator. Two minutes, Jeremy. And I'm it's, just getting people to watch at least five to six minutes total. So we're going to put the Ozempic topic towards the end of the episode. Okay. 
it's depressing, man, to this. Again, there a lot of technology is great. Love it. But the fact that the attention span is that that short for so many mediums, like if you can get somebody to watch something for three minutes or four minutes, that's what I mean. Like, is there another iteration of social media before AI just takes it over? Like, is there a, a TikTok, you know, two that's even more addicting? Um, than what we have now. And then obviously they'll just be like this AI version of whatever the, the internet's gonna be. That's where it kind of bugs you out because you see like how good these things are at just sucking people in. And that that my fear is it only gets worse where people are are glued to headsets or whatever all the time because it's feeding you exactly what you're kind of looking for. Like if 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 Heather's like I don't look at Instagram like a normal person. I kind of post, I get off of it. I try not to be on, it just, it's not good for me. Uh, it's not healthy. I don't, it doesn't make me feel good. I don't like it. I mean, I'm happy to help people and do the things and that's fine. But if her feed looked like mine or her like suggested was on my phone, I'd never want to look at it because I don't give a shit about the same things and vice versa. Like I'll find her scrolling on it like crazy. If hers was, uh, UFC commentary and 90s basketball highlights, she'd be like, this is stupid. I don't want to be on it. But the the platforms, the algorithms, they know what you want to do and they know how to suck you in. They're better at it than you are. And I know you think like you can escape it, but unless you have these guardrails in place, you can't because it will suck you in. And I do think the next version of it will be even gnarlier than this, man. Oh, man. I mean, again, what's interesting too is like you and I, like – people are always shocked by this. Like they think like we're listening to a bunch of these different fitness podcasts. Like you and I don't really consume fitness content because we're not interested in fitness. We do, we are fit. We just do fit shit. You know what I mean? Like you people, a lot of people like to listen to fitness and hear people talk about it, but like we actually do fit shit. Um, we like to listen to things about sports and, you know, pop culture, various different things. Obviously you're, you're into a lot of the financial strategy stuff. Um, but people are always shocked by that. Like, I'll listen to your podcast, but like part of the thing too is for me, I don't like, like I like my own takes and my own approaches to kind of be my own. And I also know that if you're, you know, this is just inherent to, to human nature. Like subconsciously you take in other people's ideas and approaches just by consuming it. And then some would say, well, then you're, you're only, you're being closed-minded or you're not opening up to the vast uh, knowledge and wisdom of other people out there. But again, like, we all have our own approaches and personally, like I, I like to just have a very organic approach. And, and part of that is like not consuming a lot of fitness content, you know? Um, Cause then it's like, I literally, I just, I'm making things up based on my own experience and what I want to do. Um, and, and we're both also not like, like, again, you and I both, it, we, we got into this for lifestyle. We, we didn't really, like we don't need to have people know our names or our faces. Uh, in fact, the, if we can achieve the lifestyle without any of that, like that's, that really is like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that is like your long-term goal to not be recognized necessarily. Um, and I bring this up because like we both saw this Barry Sanders documentary and what's so crazy about Barry Sanders is like simultaneously you have Deion Sanders. And by the way, I love, the showmanship and the showboating and, 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 and the swag and all that came with Dion, the high stepping. But 
I much more relate to the like day-to-day workmanship of a Barry Sanders. Like he he, he scores an inc- basically he's already ran 50 yards before he even crosses the line of scrimmage, juking and, and, and bouncing and spinning. And then he runs and hits an 80-yard touchdown and he just hands the ball to the referee. You know what I mean? Like that's just that simple act, that humility he had. And uh, also like one of the first guys that had ever walked away like not like towards the end of his prime, but like he was like thick in the middle of it. This he would have without a doubt broken the rushing record um, that Emmett Smith ended up overtaking. Um, talk to me about like because you said like this guy's my spirit animal. Oh, dude! First of all, that's a great doc. If you guys can watch it, it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Bye Bye Barry. It's maybe ninety minutes total, and it's cool because like all the Detroit dudes are in there. Tim Allen. Jalen Rose, Eminem, like they got all Jeff Daniels, all those dudes are in there. And again, I love Dion too. Like if we're playing street football, I get a pick, bro. And if I go down the sidelines, like, yeah, dude, I'm like pretending I'm Dion, you know, as you go in the end zone, because Dion was the shit, dude. Like he was just, again, one of the greatest athletes to ever live. And I loved him for what he did. Uh, is that my personality type? Uh, no, I always would joke like, in my greatest sports moment, I never, you know, jumped up and cheered. It's not, I go to a basketball game. I don't say a fucking word. I don't really clap. I just sit there and watch. I'm a terrible fan in that regard. If you wanted me to be super loud, but I'm actually like watching, you know, the game. So to see Barry, yeah, it's, it's like, he didn't even give a shit about any of the stuff. Like they schedule his game in Japan because they didn't even think he'd be up for the Heisman. He's not even there to win it. They announce he wins, and basically no expression changes on his face. It's like it didn't matter. He'd leave these trophies that he wins, like, around people's houses. He'd do the most wild shit. Again, easily would have became the rushing champion. Like, he's prime, prime him. But just it wasn't about – he cared, like, whistle to whistle and, and nothing else. And, you know, I know a lot of people – I don't, how do I say this? Like in a nice way, like it's kind of what I want to be able to do. Like, I like all the stuff, like the attention we get and all the things. It's great. Um, especially for us, like we run a business physical and there's like, Hey, are you going to have a, a Christmas party and do this and this and this? It's like, dude, we give so much already, um, to everybody all the time, digitally and in person. It's like, it's a lot to do more than once the whistle's gone. Like I wouldn't, if I was an athlete, like I wouldn't want to do all the the media promotional tours and stuff. I'm like, I understand it's like the guys who do for fights, right? Like UFC or boxing, they go on these huge promo tours. They got to do all this media, same thing for movies. Like that part sucks. Like I just want to do the thing. And then when I'm done, just kind of leave me alone. And like Barry Sanders is that like times a million. And it's super cool to see. Cause I don't think you'll ever, first of all, you'll never see a dude move like him. Like just, start stop like insanity the shit he's doing like to the best dudes in the world and to never celebrate like nothing it's unbelievable and those listening on youtube by the way i'm going to throw in one of these clips for like there, there's a three minute burst and i recorded on my phone i recorded the tv with my phone so we can bypass some copyright issues um but where you just see like uh, he he in my opinion is the greatest running back of all time and that's that's tough to say, especially when you have a guy like Jim Brown, um, sweetness. But the agility that Barry Sanders demonstrated, the thickness of his legs, 
his 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 overall balance and center of gravity. And again, a lot of people would say that he doesn't have the uh, the top end speed that some of these taller, longer cornerbacks like he sometimes get caught. But again, I think people also for, forgot like the times he got caught. Often he had already ran fifty yards just to break the line of scrimmage, going from sideline to sideline, spinning, bouncing. But like the clip where he. And again, like I grew up, I'm not a big fan. I don't really, honestly, I'm not an NFL fan anymore. I don't watch football anymore. I'm 41 and I had to make a choice and it's the NBA because I can't do multiple leagues at this age. I got too much shit going on. Um, but I grew up a diehard Green Bay Packers fan and there was no team that gave me more anxiety than playing the Lions. And we often would play them on like Thanksgiving and uh, like various, we'd have these games where like we'd hold them to like negative two, negative three, negative four. 10-yard loss, and all of a sudden he would burst a 60-, 80-yard run. Uh, but the movie put on Reggie White, where he basically, like, the minister of defense, like the, the, the one of the all-time defensive players. Like, you put Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor. Um, like, I, can't, I, I really can't even think of a third off the top of my head right now in terms of, like, all-time D linemen. Some people might throw in a guy like Warren Sapp at nose. Um, but, like, Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor, uh, like – the movie put on Reggie White and the way Reggie White just basically like he broke Reggie White's ankles and, and he moved like the way the screen caught it to, he was on one side of the screen and then with, he was on the other side of the screen and Reggie White is just falling to the ground. Um, I don't think we'll ever see a physical talent like that again. Like he was literally the great one above, like built the ultimate running back. And again, a stature, that uh, made him kind of like a bowling ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like he, he was tough to see sometimes. Like he, like he'd be here all of a sudden, like he just, the linebackers couldn't even see him over the linemen. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I, again, it's always tough to say goat, but like um, the, and he would, he would take himself out of games because he didn't want to break a record because he didn't want to take away from the team. Like th these are things that are just not like, they don't exist in today's clout chasing fame-seeking world like the goal a lot of kids have today is just become famous on social media well yeah he would do it like in high school like he could be the, the high school city rushing champion and he's super close and he's just like no nah, i don't need to go back in the game like as a high school kid that's crazy like i get it like as you get older maybe you're a pro most people don't mature because again most pros are young young dudes in their 20s he's doing that in high school which is it's like in his dna or whatever whether it's nature or nurture, like you name it, but he would do it. And I would say like styles make fights, right? Like when you watch him, like he's the greatest of all time to me. Like if you, I always go by, if you had a pick, like if you had a one draft pick for running back, who would be your first dude? I'm like, would be Barry Sanders. And not just because the style of it, like he's like a Tyson, like is Tyson the greatest boxer ever? No, but his style though, is something that you would never see. Like, it was just this completely different. And when you watch Barry Sanders run, like, again, I, there's a lot of dudes who've been great. Like, obviously, I'm a Vikings fan. When Adrian Peterson's in wow. his prime, it's amazing to watch. It's a different style. But Barry Sanders is a different thing completely. Like, I've never seen anybody do the shit. He's doing shit in the NFL that is what, like, high school kids do. Like, if you're the best high school dude, you can run around in the backfield and make dudes miss and stuff and turn nothing into something and score just because you're more athletic or quicker and, and shiftier than everybody else. He's doing that in the league. Like, that is 
I've never seen that before, and I don't think anybody will ever see it again. So if you never didn't watch him as a kid or you're younger, um, it's just a great documentary in general. But just to see some of those highlights, you you forget like, oh yeah, he was he was built different. And, and by the way, like obviously, as uh, you know, meatheads, fitness pros, like the lower body development, like he, he may have had the best legs of all time. I mean, like this this dude would rep out six hundred pound back squats. I mean, like if you look at his legs, and again, he was rarely injured. Uh, I mean, that, that that's I mean, uh, running back in the NFL is like the worst thing you can ever do for your body. You're getting 20 car-like collisions a game, and guys are going at your knees, your ankles. Um, you're getting hit by guys that are 250 or 300 pounds that can run a four five forty. Um, so I mean, he really just had like a resilience to his body and uh Again, like some all-time legs, some all-time legs. Like Barry Sanders could have been whatever he wanted to be athletically, just like a LeBron James, a Michael Jordan, um, uh, honestly, a Mike Tyson. I mean, they just – they could have been whatever they wanted to be. Obviously, there was something that was they were best suited for, like all these guys. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> can you imagine LeBron James at tight end? Well, it's just, they're, the, they're the freak of freaks, right? I always say – they're, they were never going to work at Wells Fargo. 100%. Like, they, they had a path that was going to happen for them no matter what. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't work super hard because they all do, but it's like when that mix of, like, freak show meets work ethic and then you find the shit that you like, like, that's who those dudes become. And, yeah, for Barry, too, even some of the clips they'll show in the movie, like, he's shredded. Like, he'll be in the locker room and he's just there. Like, he's he's dense, he's thick, he's shredded. Super athletic and durable as hell, man. Just uh, it's a good watch for sure. Oh, absolutely. And uh, to that next point, too, on, on the documentary tip, did you see Arnold on Netflix? Yeah, it's good. I thought it was pretty good, too. Like, what, what were your biggest takeaways? Like, obviously, there, there's this scene where he's like training in his, his gym with no sound, no music, and he's just on a chalkboard, just like knocking off sets. Um, and, and which obviously goes through him as an athlete. Uh, I think it was athlete, actor, activist. Like this guy's had three, uh, three lives in one. Um, what, what were some of your biggest takeaways? And, and by the way, it's on Netflix. I highly recommend it. If you grew up uh, during the eighties, nineties, uh, I just, th there are a lot of good insights and, you know, also you get a lot of wisdom from this guy, you know, some of the mistakes he's made, but um, I, I got to get your reaction, especially like his, some of that training footage where they're just like talking about what he was doing, the, like the volume, like a so hundred sets of workouts. Yeah. I always wonder like, you know, is it, is it real? Like how much do they exaggerate at all? Like, is it completely legit? I mean, and for him, it, it, it probably was. I always say this about him in general, like his life, like regardless of, you know, obviously he's made mistakes. Like we all have and done, we all do stupid shit. But this dude comes to America, becomes, what is he, seven-time Mr. Olympia, and which you're, if you win Mr. Olympia, and again, it, what it is now versus what it was, I think, is a different thing. But it still is the most prestigious title in all of bodybuilding. And he not only won that multiple times, becomes the most famous bodybuilder of all time. I don't think that's even arguable. He's the most recognized one of it. He's essentially the guy who, 
you know, he's not the first, but he is the godfather of it, in my opinion. If you think of that, like he's who you think of. Then he becomes the most famous action movie star, probably of all time. Uh, you can go down the list, uh, especially, but he made it like, oh, you're an action movie star. Like he is at the top, like just making bangers on top of bangers. And then, oh, you just become the governor of California. Now, if you do one of those things in your life, like you've lived a, a successful life in terms of career, this fucking guy did all three of those things. That is something I don't think can ever be replicated ever. Like it's just, it's, it's a literally, it's, he's one of one for sure. Oh yeah. No, again, like one of the biggest things I took from it too, um, is again, you just see it in the people that are able to achieve like a level of hyper-focus you know what I mean? Like he just, when that man set his mind on something, he, he was the Terminator. Like he was the Terminator. Like, but again, like you don't realize it because of his charm and his humor. And uh, one of the things that I took from it as well, again, having a father that came to this country uh, and didn't know English and had to learn on the fly at 30. Um, but also the insecurity that came with it. Like you never really feel comfortable around native English speaking people. And, um, where he kind of like flipped the script and he leaned into his accent, you know, like it was just a refusal to let any of the common shortcomings. Oh, he's an idiot. He's dumb because he's just a meathead. He's just muscle. Um, but the reality is one of the highest forms of intelligence is a sense of humor, wit, uh, you know, so I, I just, and then obviously the work ethic in the gym, you know, like, um, he, he was unique in the sense of, you know, like, he loved to train with his competitors. Like that, that doesn't happen anymore. People, uh, they don't, I mean, they, they occasionally like these guys in, in the NBA, for example, they'll do like pickup games in the summer and stuff. But like a lot of it is like, let's hide, not share any of my secrets. You know, um, we're like, he, he, if he got beat, he would invite the guy to train with him so he could learn why he got beat and, and steal from them. You know, like, so th there was obviously you can't achieve what he did without ego, but, he had enough of a willingness to put his ego to the side um, to get better and to keep improving. And um, I don't know, just, I thought that was a, a really uh, insightful documentary. I did a full podcast on it just because he's, he's been a big impact. I, I've, I've got, my grandma is, is literally from Austria. She came right after world war two to, to America. Um, so, you know, I've, I've got some of that. That's probably where the, the thickness comes from the Austrian Oak. You know, Austrians, like, you know, it's schnitzel, it's uh, stroganoff, like, it's thick, creamy foods. Like, you just become big and strong as fuck if you eat Austrian cuisine. It's just big stock. Even the women. The women are, like, 5'10", built like trees. Um, but uh, I just took a lot from it. Again, also, like, you know, his big rival was Sly. Did you see the Sly documentary? I haven't seen it yet. Is it good? So, it's only one episode. Um or it's not a three-part series like Arnold. And it, it was different than I was expecting. Um, he spends a lot of time talking about his early life and like trying to break into acting. And, but a lot of the same things, like they thought he was like, he was only capable of playing like a thug. Um, and he was discounted in terms of his writing ability and, you know, uh, being successful at Rocky and Rambo. Like he had a hard time diversifying and doing different things. Um, you know, one, one thing, so there's one thing he said in it. Again, you got to watch it just because you and I both grew up on the Rockies. Um, 
one of my favorite lines you ever said was, I know we said this before in a different episode, but it was getting ready for like a men's health thing. I think it was Metastrat Extreme. And you asked me, do I need to be like, uh, you know, Rambo shredded or Rocky IV shredded? And I knew exactly what you meant. I forget the exact quote. But, um, I mean, these movies like to find us. Yes. But you got to watch it. And, and one thing that I, I was uh, not disappointed, but like I, like, I don't know if I agree with that. He said the first 40 years of your life is addition, and then every year after that is subtraction. Um, and I think that's unique to his experience, whereby like he had all the su success. Uh, like for, he was living um, under the radar for so long, and all of a sudden Rocky hits, and then he's he is like the, one of the biggest stars in the world, but then was unable to like recapture that moment for the rest of his career, which again happens to almost anyone who just like he can't make multiple thrillers or multiple bads, you know, um, you know, it's, it's some point you got to leave um, or, or you're just, you're, you're, you're doing the best you can. Maybe it wasn't as good as it was in the past. I don't know. But um, that, that was kind of depressing to hear. Um, and maybe that, again, that was his personal experience. I know. I, I, I hope it's the opposite because I'm actually looking forward to hopefully the next 40 years if I'm blessed to be here. Um, but I, I know what he meant, but you know, again, I think there's been a sadness to the last like 10 to 20 years or so, I think, because he's been chasing the past. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, if you ever listened to uh NBA guys talk about like when they're done, like, I think it was, I've heard Ben Gordon talk about it. Uh, even like fuck, Nick Young talks about it. Uh, Gilbert Arenas. They're like, what is a retired 32-year-old dude do who has $100 million? And he's like, he's depressed. He goes, he's depressed all day. He goes, because all we ever did was play basketball. Like, all we did was this thing, and now we're not that person anymore. Now that thing is is gone. And again, if you – again, I don't know if acceptance is the right word or whatever it is, but sometimes things just aren't going to be like what they were. Um, that's just reality. Like, not that certain things can't get better and, you know, there's different additions to life, but if you're LeBron, like, yeah, it's still cool what he does, but there's going to come a day sooner than later where it's not that. And then it will never be that again. Like you watch Barry Sanders. Now he's not Barry Sanders of when I was a kid, like there's just seasons of life that certain things will happen. You can you know, try to hold on to them as much as you can. And it's tough for everybody, obviously, because, you know, even Arnold, right? Like he's, I think there's a, where he's like, I don't really like what I look like in the mirror because you're comparing to the, like the greatest of all time. And now it's, you're, you're not that anymore, which is kind of wild. It is. Yeah. You know, I, I guess on a positive note, uh, what I took from the slide thing was, he really understood how to message to the audience. I mean, he really got it. So, um, you know, that, that that's, I, th I think, I think you'll, again, it isn't as good as the Arnold documentary for, for lots of reasons, but um, you do get a, a real insight into the mind of this guy who like, you know, most people would be lucky to have a single franchise, but he had two, you know, Rambo and Rocky are like two all time franchises. Um, you know, and, and he really knew, like, the fact that he could make, like, 
these he makes these endless sequels and they're still compelling. And even the worst ones, like Rocky Five, I've got no problem watching multiple times, you know, over and over again. Um, so I guess finishing on the uh the TV piece, there were two like kind of classic shows that came to an end this year. Uh one is Succession, which I know we 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 would text about. And then I don't know if you have Showtime or watch Showtime, but Billions also just ended. Um, and, and Billions, you know, most people say it maybe went a couple seasons too long and it wasn't what it was at its peak and, and, and its ending, but um, two great TV shows that came to an end. Uh, but did you have you seen Billions? Uh, I, have not, I haven't finished Billions. Like we, I don't even know what season I'm on right now. Um, it does start off awesome. It does get a little again like a lot of shows it just it it, ha it evolves how it evolves and it's not uh, it got a little bit weird in some parts or not i don't know it's not it's good but the early shit is great uh succession all time dude it's, oh, four, yeah. it's four seasons they're bangers if you guys have never seen it you have to see it and you like want to root for people like you want to like people they're all fucking terrible humans. They're all shitbags, every single one. No, yeah, exactly. Again, I did. I did a. My wife and I did. I think it was a full podcast on this. Um, I really liked it. I mean, from start to finish. And again, like we mentioned, Barry. Like Barry left. I mean, you could say well, he left too soon. Well, it's better leaving too soon than leaving in a body bag, right? Like with with nothing to give the rest of your life. Like. It's such an art form, art form, knowing when to leave and leaving people wanting more. And lately, the trend has been like, how how can we keep like stringing people along enough and keep monetizing and, and and making things go way longer than they ever should? You know, like three, you know, three to four seasons is probably all you need in most series, right? And and you and you end up leaving people wanting more. Maybe there's a spinoff that comes out of it, like um, you know, the way Breaking Bad spun off into better call Saul both by the way like um I mean top I guess top five TV series that come to mind for me and again it's my biases um and even though Game of Thrones I wasn't happy with how it ended I think they also like again when you start something without a plan how to end it things often go sideways towards the end right because again like you have to have but life is so unpredictable you never know what like if a show is going to resonate with the masses but like better call Saul breaking bad succession I would put in there uh Game of Thrones just changed changed TV forever like people will always be chasing what game Game of Thrones was putting out a movie weekly they were doing like weekly movies for a while there um where where, where does it rank for you uh I mean, billions to me is not gonna break into an all-time top five but I think billions was just like I think for Again, this this might be insulting to some people. I think it was just like it really tapped into like the male persona, you know, of like all the douchebaggery, like metaphors, sports metaphors that would be constantly being used. Um, I I do really like Chuck Rhodes. I think Paul Giamatti is an all timer, and then Bobby Axelrod, man, that dude was in. Um, first of all, Homeland. I don't I, Homeland, incredible, especially like early homeland yep that series was untouchable and then he was also in band of brothers three so he's been in three now like the, uh, billions is an all-time series i mean number of seasons 
at, at one point, one of the more popular shows on premium television. Uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Like, how, how would you rank some of that stuff? Uh, Succession's up there for sure. Uh, Billions is great too. The early stuff is, is amazing. Again, it, it changes a little bit for me as it goes, but uh, if you've never seen Succession, like I would watch it for sure. All time stuff, like if I, and again, obviously Breaking Bad for me is all time. Uh, I do love like, again, some of these went like super long, like Sopranos for me. Like if you guys have never seen Sopranos or True Detective, the first season with McConaughey and Woody, dude. I've not watched it back, but we talked about it the other day. I'm like, maybe we should just watch this back. Because I remember I was at like a fucking Tony Robbins like conference in Chicago, and I never do this. And I just stayed up and watched like four of them back to back to back till like three in the morning because I just couldn't turn them off. Like that's what like Breaking Bad to me was uh, in the early stages. And the same thing with Succession. Like we didn't start it till this year. And then we got through all four seasons like relatively quick. Just we would just come home and be like, boom, 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 boom. Because it's like it's the, it's that type of show. Oh no, I mean like the other piece too. Like you know, Oz. Oh, Oz was like my first introduction to like, and we're talking like the still the early days of HBO. And, and by the way, like, what the fuck is happening to HBO Max? You're going to take thirty years of brand equity. And just piss it away and change your name to Max. I don't get it, man. I'm trying to understand, like, this is where it's like, hey, someone has to step in. Someone's got to step in. Like, I know we're not as successful as HBO, but, like, you and I both know good TV. We've seen its evolution in the last 30 years, and HBO was a leader at every step of the way. Um, Oz, The Wire, Sopranos, um, Game of Thrones. I mean, like, I mean. Westworld. Westworld, yeah, like I know a lot of people are into that. I I, I kind of checked out of Westworld because it got weird. I got lost vibes. Like this is they're basically gonna like they're, they're, they don't know what they're doing, and I just I don't want to be taken for another ride like with Lost. Uh, you know, but but I could be wrong, and maybe I should have kept watching. Maybe I will, and it, it it still exists. But to me, it's like what is happening, and they've also like I don't know if you noticed too, like Showtime is like getting rid of their mobile app. Like Showtime is going through a reckoning. Like these streaming providers, man, are in real trouble. Not just because of the actor strike. Um, you know, just people are not supporting. We we talk about this all the time. Like people are not supporting good content anymore. They're just um, th there's there's going to be a, a reckoning for all the freeloading that's been going on. Period. Well, it's weird to see like there's so many. I think I don't know where it goes, but there's so many streaming apps. There's so much content there's so many movies there's so much video they can't all make it it's like when you look at you know like even like uh network news now those shows aren't doing the numbers that they used to do they do worse than a lot of podcasts they do worse than a lot of youtube channels like that there's a certain demo that's aging out and then again people are just bombarded where it's like if i go on to netflix today dude, what, how the fuck do I even like look at something or pick something? It's almost like, I don't even know where to start. Like I'll try to watch a trailer for a second. I'm like, okay, maybe we'll try this. It, it just, it doesn't seem sustainable for the duration where you can have 87 different apps for all these people and they're always subscribing and, and it, it just can't keep going, I guess the way that I see it. And I, and I think they're starting to feel that because it's like 
the ad revenue is starting to just tank for a lot of these people. Well, and then, you know, thank God these actors finally got like some rights for their streaming. But that's also going to that's going to be affecting now their bottom lines because they they were pocketing a lot of uh, what will now be royalties towards, um, you know, because after these negotiations and um, regarding, you know, streaming rights, AI rights, all this stuff that, by the way, like guys like you and I, like you, you're going to wake up one day, Jeremy, and then all of a sudden you're going to turn something on and you're going to see AI Jeremy Scott saying, uh, like leading a workout. It's going to, it's going to happen. And all we can hope is that you're going to get some, some royalties from that, some digital rights. Um, cause you know, fitness is always 10 years behind all these other spaces. Right. Um, so I mean, that, that's more interesting shit that's coming down the pipe. But uh, you, you you see, like, when I see a guy like Stephen A. Smith putting so much effort into his, growing his YouTube channel, not even promoting First Take anymore, just, like, exclusively focusing on his YouTube, you know, this is, this is the number one guy in sports broadcasting. Love him, hate him. This is the guy. This guy knows how to put out compelling content. And he is a subject matter expert. He's been doing it a long time. He's provocative. He knows how to pull the strings and push the buttons. And even the sample of the Pat McAfee show, right? Like that was a YouTube show that ESPN is like, we got to get this on ESPN. But I'm I'm certain at one point he's going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to YouTube. Because, you know, why, why would he want to be in a room where people are telling him what to say? You know, like it's a big personality. you like at some point, and I dealt with this at Men's Health too. It's like at some point you're like, you know what? I'm just going to go do it myself. Well, you can do it myself. Like, you're just going to cap me. You're just limiting my creative freedom. And frankly, people are moving over to YouTube. People are just like, people want one place to get all of their stuff. And when you can get these content creators, because people are not willing, ESPN, they're not willing to pay the talent. Men's Health wasn't willing to pay the talent. They just thought they could bring a trainer off the street and, and things could continue. Well, maybe it could in the short term, but. They're going to just find Jeremy Scott. They're going to find me. They're going to find the people that actually know what the fuck they're talking about that can do things to the highest ability in, in their own way. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, there's a, I think that's the trend. And I think there's going to be, a, a again, continued just disruption across the board. Because, again, I don't watch something like live sports. I don't watch TV, like, ever. Um, we have, like, we, we use Sling. Um, for the sports stuff and then if there's a movie or something I might click it but I usually just go to like the on demand and I play them here in the gym for people when we work out just to have background stuff or like when I'm doing a work a lot of times like I won't work out to music I'll just do it to like a movie or something or I'll do obviously when I'm doing mobility um, but it's not like normal TV I don't turn on like Fox or like TNT to watch TV I'll do it if there's a sporting game on and that never was the case before. And a lot of times I won't even turn on Sling. I'll go to either typically Netflix or like Amazon Prime. And that's where the stuff comes. And then everything else is on my phone. And it's just weird to see these dudes who historically, but again, it, it used to matter. Like if you were on like Johnny Carson, like back in the day, and you got on Johnny Carson and you were a, an actor or a comedian, a comedian, right? Now fucking 20 million people see you, you're selling out shows. And all of a sudden now, like, I couldn't tell you, dude, who's if it's the late show or the late, late show. I don't know who the fuck is on it, who does it. I don't know who goes on it. I don't even know who watches it or why you would. 
And that is a, a huge shift. And those shows have to completely just be eating shit. Or I'm using comedy as an example, but like Comedy Central used to be a thing. Maybe it still is. I don't know. But I haven't seen that shit in forever. MTV, like we watched a show. Uh, it's called Bass Reeves. It's a playoff of like this 1883, which is a playoff of Yellowstone. It's kind of this Western story of the guy. It's, it's cool to watch. And it's like it's happening right now. But every time it, it's on Paramount Plus, again, another fucking app. But it will show like this MTV logo because apparently MTV is like part of Paramount Plus. I don't even know. But who even watches? What is MTV anymore? Like these things are all it's dead, basically. Like if I told a 10 year old kid, hey, do you know what MTV is? no clue whatsoever these a lot of these things are just hanging on and i think that's where with the i don't know if it's with ai or with social or the internet or how it's all come together like a lot of the things that you know now i don't think are around in two years yeah man you know again like it's all built in a house of cards we know this you know like it's and, and people also are just not um i mean we just we just passed black friday cyber monday like most people in this country are now broke. And, and, and if they participated in Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they participated on credit. Oh, dude, there was like, they showed a video, or maybe it was a couple of them, like the Targets or the Walmarts, and nobody was there. Nobody. A year ago, wild shit. This year, there's nobody there at all. Yeah, I mean, so and it's interesting because, again, like, we're here now in this like fractured existence where now everyone has a platform. And again, like there's 50 apps that you got to bounce between to get to find your favorite show. Um, and it almost makes you like harken back to the good old times of the power brokers and gatekeepers. But then again, it's like, well, let's not get, get too nostalgic about that. Cause that also sucked because again, like to, to break in, you know, you just had to sleep with people. So it's like, you just had to like, you know, kiss enough ass, and uh, it's great to be past that in some places. But you know, now, now it's just we we have no idea who to trust, and people are also not willing to support good content anymore. Which means some people are just going to say fuck it. Like there's going to come a point where you're going to say fuck it because you're going to be like, I have all the money I need. I'm not here for the fame. I'm not here for the recognition or the praise. Um, and frankly, uh, people are not supporting the content as much as they should. So I'm going to go do something else. So that's also the danger of this too. Yeah. I think that you'll see that with the, the major streaming stuff for sure. Cause they're just, they're not, the revenue is not adding up to what they need to be. And the same thing with a lot of people in this, like these spaces, what they not just fitness, but in general, like you got to support the people who are putting this stuff out like consistently. Cause it's their it's their oxygen it's their lifeline to continue to do it and it takes a ton of effort and a ton of time and if you're not seeing the return in your time like why would we continue to do this over and over and over because it is like hey and it's part of your job but it is an exhausting journey for sure and look i get it people got to make choices right now every right now is looking at making choices to figure out how they're going to get through another year of life and a really disruptive, crazy time to be alive, right? We've got an election season coming up next year. Um, things are just looking, people don't have a lot of confidence, all right? And by the way, like we're still overcoming a lot of the trauma of the COVID era. Like, so, uh, you know, it's to be expected in a lot of ways, but like, because you have to make choices and we say this as biased individuals because we are independent operators outside of 
traditional power brokers again like you know but if you're going to make a choice you got to support the independent operators because again like you want to support the monoliths like espn and these other organizations no because they don't give a fuck about you they don't give a fuck about you know what's good content and bad content they care about ratings they care about ad revenue look we run a business too but i mean think of how many things you and i have passed up over like i had an opportunity to do a a promotion with muscle tech on, on this pre-workout and again it would have been it, it's in the thousands of dollars and i could have used the money at the time but i'm like i can't go out here and promote a pre-workout that has almost 400 milligrams of caffeine in a serving like i just can't like this is terror. This is not. This is actually not good for you to get this amount of caffeine in your body. This is going to alter your heart rate, your breathing. Like this is actually not good for your performance uh, long term. Now it might get you up to do a workout, but it also might get you up to run through a fucking wall. This is like cocaine level of caffeine. Um, now, a tr the monoliths—they don't give a shit. They're just trying to get their ad revenue. They, again, they don't—they don't care about you. Now, you and I are potentially just as selfish in the sense of like, you know, this is our business. We want to do things this way, but like we have just a baseline level of integrity, I guess, unfortunately, that is going to make us have to pass up on easy money because we frankly just can't put bullshit out there. No, too much. And you're connected because it's a, the scale aren't as big. I don't know what, you know, ES has to be, but it's like you're millions and millions of people. And we know the people who are in, of our stuff like you know kind of if you will or your top you know clients and customer people and you just shit and you're putting out stuff and you know it's not by you know pharmaceutical company or a company or you name it like slave to these things where a lot of these other people they are and they have to do and say certain things to to meet quarterly goals and, and stock numbers and budgets and shit and like the, the mom and pops don't and i say this a lot like you have to support those places, especially like where you, where you live, like the people who cut your hair, where you guys get coffee, where you get your car repaired. Like if you can do it like small business style local, I think you're better off because if you don't, a lot of these places won't exist. Um, they just keep getting swallowed up over and over and over. It's like I joke here, like I could never do this again. Like like where I'm sitting right now in this this building that we bought, I couldn't buy this again today. Like. The, the game the numbers have changed so much like it's it just wouldn't make financial sense to do to have to die to like create a community and environment here for people to be in and to like to go back and like redo all the content and film all the things like i, I don't it, it just without full support and people like just pouring into it over and over and over again it's just like it, it, you have to support the people who really give a shit and, and really try and they are out there um but a lot of times we just we ask for for discounts and like you know we want to cut corners with those guys i'm like if you're going to do it you do it with verizon you do it with nike you do it with apple you don't do it with like the mom and pop places and a lot of times we get confused and we just pour into these giant companies and then eventually all the stuff that you used to love like just doesn't exist anymore so one of the worst things that happened in 2023 in my opinion was when my favorite marinara tomato sauce brand rayos by the way this is this is the best it's the best marinara sauce in the game period like now it's eight to twelve bucks 
depending on what type of flavor you get or where you get it from. But like it has olive oil. It's extra virgin olive oil in it. Like you, it's not tomato. It's not marinara sauce. Like it's like hummus. You see hummus. I go, you know, where I'm, where my father's from, like this is like, it's not hummus unless it has olive oil. It can't have canola oil in it. That's not hummus. It yeah. might have cheese in it, but it's not hummus. But anyway, they got acquired by Kraft and now they're big fucking marinara. They're big marinara now. And I try, I went to Costco and I saw like Rayos has like, had a new eggplant Parmigiana thing. And I'm like, I got to try this because I love, I love Rayos. I've been to Rayos in Hollywood. Amazing. Some of the best meatballs and mozzarella marinara I've ever had. Again, they've got the sauce. They've got the gravy that puts everything together. But bro, like this was, I, I didn't even know what I was looking at when, when we made it in the oven. It was absolute trash. And I'm like, this is what happens when they become big marinara. Now, again, like at least the tomato sauce and the, and the jars is still the same, but like you got to stop supporting big fitness. You got to stop supporting um, like, it's like, do I stop buying rails now? It's like, that's going to be tough, but now they're big marinara and that's a problem. Yeah. It's like most things when they get too big, you get so disconnected from like what the mission is or what it's supposed to be. And you just, you're, you don't have control anymore. And then again, it's not a knock. Like these big companies for certain things need to exist and they provide a service and I'm, I'm all for that. But if you think the CEO of like whatever giant fitness company or whatever company for that matter, like knows the people that work for them, you know, like 27 people down the chain or 180 people down the chain, like they don't. Like it, the machine is just meant to run and make money. And that's really all that they at the end of the day, like whatever the mission is for most that are the big enough, like they just don't give a shit and you're just like another number. And I think most people are hopefully waking up to that and hopefully continue to, you know, support the, the stuff out there that really helps them. It's like when you ask for uh, podcast reviews or all these different things, like the really simple things you guys can do um, to support the shit that you love. All you got to say, all you got to do is click the like button. Okay. Click the five star give a review as simple as, you know, Jeremy podcast. Good. BJ podcast. Good. It doesn't take a whole lot. Um, but also, yeah, again, like, you know, it's, this stuff takes time, money and resources to put together. Um, and again, you guys all listening have a choice of what you want to see and you're not supporting someone. Okay. Like, yeah, views can help if there's ads on stuff, but like, I think people think like, I know people have shown up to your studio and they're like, I'm one of your biggest fans. I've listened to every episode. And it's like, well, have you bought Athletic Greens? Are you part of the Jeremy Scott Fitness app? Have you attended my gym? Oh, so you're not, you're actually not a fan at all. Or maybe you're just a fan, but you're, you've never supported the business. And again, it's not to guilt people. It's just like, but you're out there supporting, I mean, each, well, I, what is it called now? Max? They, they like legitimately haven't put anything good on that app in six months. I, I, I haven't seen anything good or new on there. Um, but people will be more likely to cancel your subscription or my subscription to keep HBO because people in this country, and this is, I think the next, here's now where we talk about Ozempic, right? Because honestly, man, the, the, the fact that we have to actually have a fat loss conversation in this country is the whole problem. It should not be even an issue because if we were a, a society that had a physical culture, there's no such thing as fat loss being needed. 
it, it just it, it it's something that is so specific to a country that had has gutted its, its physical education programs that is always pushing a pill uh you know a potion um a gimmick a scam um you know and then always rallying around celebrity like what do i what do i follow oh, okay oprah Peloton's like, we just got to get on Oprah. We got to get these celebrity endorsements and we'll become the next big thing. And they have, but they're just going to cap the moment they see the writing on the wall. And I think they have, they're going to cash out. And by the way, like they are like what they're putting their instructors through is pure abuse to have to do like eight to 12 live one hour workouts. Like they're doing treadmill shit too. Can you imagine sprinting on the treadmill talking to do it? Like, it's not the instructors that, that, that pissed me off. Like everyone's got to make a living, but like they're putting them through like an like downright abusive level of exercise um, to be on this platform. And at the end of the day, it's not their content. And the moment that they can find someone better, they need to replace someone just like at ESPN. They'll just drop you because they think they can, they can continue on the legacy of ESPN, but no people were watching ESPN because of the personalities. Make no mistake. Like, these are the people that actually bring the money in, the, the, the talent, okay? It's the talent that bring the money in. And these brands, can, then they, can only, they can only get away for so long by abusing talent, exploiting talent. At the end of the day, they're just going to cash out anyway the moment they know they can maximize their profits and they're going to fuck everyone else in the process. So again, um, stay away from big fitness. And uh, I'm really upset about big marinara now. But let's talk about Ozempic. Like, I know we all. I know we both have individual thoughts on it. You lead us on this this, this discussion because it it's all people are talking about, and in a lot of ways, it also sums up everything that's wrong with fitness. In the same regard, it's probably the only solution for the average person in this country. Yeah, like and most people are familiar, stomach glutide or Ozempic, depending on the, the brand names of of what you know you're looking at. I had a doctor on like a week maybe a week ago or two weeks ago, he was on here and him and I chatted about it a little bit. Obviously we've seen numerous people on it uh, in person. It's tough, man, uh, because I do think there's probably people that it's probably their only option if they're 400 pounds and it's like a kickstart for them. And I guess if, if that was the thing that help them get the ball rolling to make some sustainable lifestyle changes. I can get down with that, I guess, but not to become dependent on it and have that be like the only thing that we're doing. And I think there's a lot of people who it just becomes, well, I'm not going to change any of the other habits. I'm going to take this, have the side effect, be like, I'm, I'm nauseous and don't feel good. So by that point, I'm not really going to eat and drink, you know, as much as I typically do. And I'll just get smaller and I'll lose weight. Now, when you lose weight, um, and from what I've read, it doesn't affect metabolism um, at all. I don't think someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't seen anything where it said it actually affects your metabolism. So you'll lose weight for sure. But if the underlying nutrition's not there, if there isn't some kind of training protocol that's there, you'll lose muscle um, as well. Um, I'm assuming you lose like connective tissue and a lot of these important things that you need, especially as you age in life. If you're a woman specifically, and you're and, and dudes too, because if you're a dude and you're over 40, how much muscle are you really going to build, dude? You know, like I'm not saying you can't, but it's extremely hard to do. 
And once it withers away, are you going to get it back? And and for females, it obviously is even harder. So that's the part where it's like, I guess it, in some certain instances, like it's going to be helpful and it will help people. And, and I'm, I guess, a fan of that. But then there's people who take it who probably just had like 10 pounds to lose. And now they keep taking it and they've lost 20 pounds now. And they like being skinny or thin and their face becomes almost like gone and thin because all of the fat in their face is now dissipated and as you age you lose collagen and all these other important things so we i've seen it a lot um i live in scottsdale so it's like a mini la kind of people really give a shit what they look like which is fine but i think a lot of people are abusing it um that don't need it i don't know what the long-term effects are if you want to again it's your body it's your life do whatever you think is best for you but just know like all the the weight that you lose is not is not garbage weight by any means yeah man look you want to lose weight get on ozempic you want to be fit you got to do fit shit here's the thing like we live in a society okay what what is someone going to do when they're 40 they're, they're 35 40 years old and almost 50% body fat and they know nothing about their body what can they do? They, can, they can't do anything. Like the only chance is a pill. And you know what? Frankly, it's surprising that they haven't really found the solution uh, until now. Like um, we have no, people have no idea how to use their bodies. And people like exercise really shouldn't be necessary. We both watch the, the Blue Zones thing on Netflix and the societies that live the longest, move, it, it's movement. It's not exercise. Movement is just baked into their day. They do shit with their hands. They're constantly walking to places. You know, they're just, they're getting down on the ground gardening so they don't have to worry about their squat mobility. Or they actually sit on the floor and the mobility is just built in. Like it's, it's all baked into what they do. And again, like a lot of people listening, they have goals bigger than just health. And, and that's kind of what fitness is. Fitness is like, okay, let's get specific about it. Let's, let's get good at pull-ups or let's run learn how to run a mile under under six minutes, whatever it is, right? Which is great. These are all great things. But these are things that should never have been necessary. Like if you grow up learning about your body, you just, you want to you do these things so they make you feel good. And it's something that you know how to do. So, but, and again, it's not just weight loss, right? I mean, I'm blown away, man, personally, by like how many hymns commercials I get hit with. Like the other day, uh, when I when I turned 41, so, uh, someone messaged me and said, uh, what's it like to be 41? And I said, my dick has never been harder. <laughs> I thought that I was going to be 41 because just like I, that I wouldn't, there would be a problem for me. But honestly, it couldn't be further from the truth. Sometimes I, I cannot believe I have this level of sex drive at this age. And I think a lot of it is I have, I have polygamous DNA. <laughs> <laughs> my grandpa had four wives. Okay, so uh, that's part of the issue too. But a, a lot of it is like you know, you know, I know this. I had I had actually trouble with with this when I was younger because I was so stressed out. I was starving myself. I was over exercising, and now because I've got wisdom and intelligence about it, I'm not, I'm not saying by the way that some people don't need a pill for their erectile dysfunction. But we live in an age right now. No one wants to fucking take personal accountability. You want to just keep taking pills? Like, so you're going to take a pill for ED. You're going to take a pill for weight loss. You're going to take a pill to deal with uh, your inability to focus. Okay. Like pick one 
but then you got to like do some actual hard work on some of the others. Unless you want to be someone that takes pills for all of your fucking problems. And that's where we are right now. Insta, microwave society. So you're telling me like it blows my fucking mind that, I mean, I'll, I want you to speak to this as well. Because again, it's, it's not just Ozempic. It's just like, what what is happening? Like, you got to figure out, like, you got to ask yourself, what do you want to be? And again, there are some people, I believe Ozempic is probably the only option because things have gone, they've just gotten too far. Like, once you get to a level, like, again, we're not doctors. I don't want to speak about it medically, okay? But this Ozempic's whole thing is supposed to help with glucose metabolism, all right? Blood sugar management, which is a big reason people get so fat and get diabetic and get metabolic syndrome. It also completely takes away your appetite. Um, but you know what else takes away your appetite? Regular movements, eating a diet that focuses on protein and produce, getting enough water, sleeping enough, trying to learn how to manage your stress. And also like just having an actual conversation like about, okay, I'm starting to eat like an asshole here. I'm eating like an asshole. If I'm going to do, if I'm going to eat this, I got to do this just because I can't just be such an asshole about this. All right. Um, I know that's a little bit of a rant, but like, honestly, I'm like, how many pills can we take? Well, you got to be your own health advocate too, with all these things. And you have to kind of look into, you know, what's, what's best for you and what things can you control and what things are out of your control. And I think a lot of times people just accept, Hey, this is just how I am. And this is how it's going to be. And there's no, fight to try to change it uh on a behavioral level and just daily practice of things and to your point like fitness is a is a luxury that a lot of people don't have and like in a lot of countries it doesn't exist obviously in america it does it's it's a major business but that's recent like we didn't have this many gyms and offerings and apps and education 40 years ago yet we're way unhealthier now were years ago now there's the on there the top one percent are here for sure but everything else like man like we a cliff and so it it can't be just to take this and it will fix everything it doesn't you might take ozempic or you know something to, to lose weight but it doesn't fix your endurance to your mobility uh your strength fix the other eight problems that have come down the road you might not be quote unquote like overweight but there's a million types i mean not a million there's multiple types of fat you can have on the body some are better than others but it doesn't improve overall heart health and the things that actually have to be functional and move and it just seems like for a lot of people it's it's the easy way out at least up front i don't know the trade-off of it as it goes um again i never know i've, I've known anybody who's taken it for 10 years um, but I wouldn't want, again, if, if the side effect was, Hey, it's going to make you feel nauseous every day. That's not something I would like to do. I guess I would rather just walk around and move And to your point. That's if you do watch blue zones or anything similar to that, it's just, it's overall movement. And I understand how hard it is when people get busy with jobs and kids and travel. It's a commitment for sure. Cause today we worked out, I have work shit to do. It's like, what time is it here? Like one o'clock. Um, I've already gotten 10,000 steps in, but I, after I worked out, I had to put on a rock and walk around for basically a fucking hour or damn near to get my 10, 11,000 steps for the day. 
Now that's a daily commitment that I make, but I have to do it. And if I don't, I tend to feel like shit. And I know even if I quote unquote worked out, that's not enough movement for the day, depending on even, even what the workout was. If I worked out for 30 minutes or 42 minutes or whatever it ends up being, that's not enough movement for my entire day versus me just sitting or laying and doing nothing. And that's something that people just have to commit to. But for a lot of people, they're not willing to give up, you know, Netflix or football or whatever it is. Let me just take a pill and it'll solve all my problems. And it might in the short term, but long term, I think you're missing so many things by not moving around, not just an advocate on health and like, looking at like what what the problem is how did i get here and yeah maybe i can take help me but if you don't do all the other things it feels like it's just a waste with all the other risks of whatever side effects it may bring look man you know like oh man and by the way like it doesn't make you a bad person if you take ozempic okay i don't blame you i blame society this is what happens you don't teach people how to eat you don't teach people how to move and you create a dogma on exercise that it has to be miserable and painful and you got to be in, you got to be sore you got to be screaming like we've done this to ourselves okay and we have no leadership in this space and we, we've given people always a pill or a quick fix to solve these systemic problems that unfortunately for some people it's just they're too far gone it's really tough to learn how to use your body when you're over 35, especially when you're over 100 pounds overweight, and especially when we make the best foods so expensive that even rich people can't buy some of them now. Like the upper middle class has been like pushed away from it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we've done this to ourselves. So society has fucked us and they're not, they're not, they're not gonna be there for us. You've gotta take control of your life. And by the way, what's so crazy about this too, and this is like part of why sometimes I'm like, you know, like we give people workouts, right? And in and, and traditional sense, like it's 10 minutes, it's 20 minutes, it's a program. I think it serves its purpose and it's great. But like, and I, I, you and I still do workouts during the week, but if we're being honest about it, a lot of what we're doing is mainly scattered movement throughout the day. You call it microdosing. I call it EHO every hour on the hour, okay? Pablo calls it grease the groove. We're just doing movement throughout the day. We do a daily walk. And then if we have the time, we do maybe do like 20 minutes of something. It could be 20 minutes of step ups. It could be a body weight circuit. Like, and that's a bonus. But people are so stuck in the traditional way to get fit. Now, here's another example. I've talked so much about the bar that I just, it's there. And I, I had recently a Jason C. Brown, um, kettlebell expert, a former Marine on the podcast. He went into the Marines. And he was like 250 because he thought he had to get like super strong. <laughs> and it was the exact opposite. He, but he only could do like uh, like a couple pull-ups. But part of what, when he got to the Marines, to use the bathroom, you had to do, you, had to, you actually had to do a set of pull-ups. Coming and going to the bathroom. So like you use the bathroom 10 times a day, you're doing 10 sets. Yeah. And he ended up leaving the Marines, a buck 70, he could do 24 pull-ups. There was no pull-up workouts, okay? Here's another example. You know, like a couple, uh, maybe like a year ago or so, I lifted my leg and it sounded like Rice Krispies. I'm like, oh, that's early stage arthritis from a guy that abused his body doing heavy back squats and deadlifts. 
and never really prioritized mobility, stability, or balance because I just wanted to be as big and strong as possible to prove myself to other people. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> okay. And what I did is I, I took my dog gate. And by the way, people pissed me off. They're like, I don't have a dog. Well, use a baby gate. Okay. Figure it out. But I put the gate, and I'm, let me flip the screen quick so you can see it. YouTube. All right. Now, You'll see that, and most people will say, okay, what? that's just stupid. What's that for? Yeah, it keeps the dog out so when I don't trip on my dog when I'm cooking in the kitchen. But every time, thou shall not pass. In order to pass through the kitchen in, in my house, you got to lift a leg. Okay, now, we go to the kitchen a lot to get water. You know, you and I both don't eat a lot of meals, but I have a midday shake. I have dinner. I do dishes. So the number of times that I go through that kitchen, like it, it's a lot, like it's at least 10 to 20 times a day I'm lifting my leg to get out of there. And what it's done for my hips, man, like the clicking, cracking, snapping, that's, that's going away. That's almost gone. And I'm also improving my gait because what is it? It's single leg balance, moving your hips in all planes of motion. It's a, it's entry level into hurdling. Okay. To, to hurdle is maybe one of the most impressive things you can ask, absolutely ask of your body. Now, but you can't go from like not even putting in 5,000 steps a day to hurdling. Uh, but a simple thing we can do during the day, you put a gate, you lift your leg, and then you lift the other leg when you come back and you do it as slow as possible and you build mobility, stability, balance, and strength. And by the way, that's actually the best. The best way to stretch your hips isn't to like necessarily get down. I like static stretching. It's great. But an active stretching is what, actually truly gets you the result because it, it's it's more neurological you're actually building strength and the mobility on top of it uh, but but I, i'll share that tip and people will laugh because they think okay really what are you actually doing no well no you don't understand i get the reps in i've, I've set up a lifestyle where i can just fuck around and get a triple double that's fitness now we'll keep sharing the workouts and we'll keep doing workouts when we can. But what I'm saying is like the fit people that I know that are actually like, they're not just, uh, just fit for their age or, you know, fit compared to society, but like, it's literally part of their DNA right now. It's more about movement and a daily walk than it is actually about training, but I'll, I'll let you step in I, again. I'm getting really fired up today, man. It might be, I might be still feeling the, the energy from the end season tournament victory. Yeah, I mean, my hope is that I can continue to make stuff in the future that looks more like that for people in terms of programming. But again, maybe AI comes and says, no, we're not going to do that. And they just, they'll figure it out and just weed me out before that. But I do think that's what most people need. It's harder to sell that for sure. Because people still, the ones who aren't into fitness don't give a shit anyway. They're the people who actually do need to start there. The people who are diehard fitness people tend not to value that stuff as much, at least what I've seen from the general public, because it's not being the shit of themselves. Um, you're not gamifying it enough. It isn't uh, sexy to sell that. But it's what most people need to do every single day. And again, I don't know how old everybody is, but there comes a point where you just can't beat the shit out of yourself every single day. Your body isn't, it doesn't come back. Um, your joints are your joints. The same knees you had when you were 10, 
the same knees you have when you're 50, dude. And there's a lot of miles on them. And you pay a price uh, to be in a certain kind of shape. And what I mean by that is not just the, the, the damage to your body because it's, it's part of it. I go, but you have to do enough stuff around the workouts before and after. And most people aren't willing to, to do all the pre and post work and, and the tissue work and the things to take care of your body to allow it to be able to bench press and to squat and to lunge. And there's days like today where we do a workout here and I get to design them all for these guys in person. But there was a lot of lunges today for sure. But by design, I'm like, oh, I, I, I can do a lot of lunges today. Like I know, and it's all body weight and it's a good distance. It probably was, I don't know, four or 500 yards of, of walking lunges when it was all said and done in increments, which is a lot. I go, but I'm used to that volume and I can handle it. And we're doing some other basic things, but I can't come in here tomorrow then and do heavy ass split squats or like deadlift. It just, it'll bury me, you know, and a lot of people probably don't want to hear that, but that's the reality. Like, but I also do mobility in our every single day, like whether it's all in, in one gap or multiple gaps typically kind of mixed in. So I'll do a longer part and then do little parts around it. And even my workouts, like sometimes, yeah, I can go relatively hard compared to what I did when I was 25. No, because I'm not trying to die and I don't want to feel like shit. And there's some days where it's just, I'll do something as simple as let's just set the clock and just kind of see what happens. Now have, hey, if it's an upper body focus day or a lower body focus day or whatever it may be, there's a a blueprint in mind, but there's a lot of discovery there and just flowing through it. And one of the, the biggest things I do I do walk every day. Um, that's something that I've just committed to. Like, and typically it's, and not always, like my rock stuff ranges from 20 pounds to 60, 70 pounds if it was like a shorter distance and I'm doing something crazy. But for the most part, yeah, it's, it's not crazy heavy, but I'll just put it on and I'll just walk. And sometimes I carry it in my hand or I'll bear hug it or whatever the fuck. But a lot of times it's like, I'll set the, I'll do mobility. I'll set the clock and then I'll go outside and I'll just, I push, pull a sled, do some farmer's carries, Throw some push-ups in at a decent pace. I'm not trying to die. I'm not trying to kill myself. And again, it's all low impact. It's easy enough to do. And that's a majority of the stuff that I'm building in. And I put some of those on Instagram and, and people like them, I guess, for the most part. But it's not as as sexy as what people are are looking for. But if I gave anybody a prescription, be like, if you can just walk every day, dude. And when I say mobility, like it's just a couple inchworms hanging from a pull-up bar do some Spider-Man steps, put your hands over your head, like really simple shit. Maybe walk backwards. If you can walk laterally, um, really, really simple things. Step up and down on a box. Maybe um, that's a great place to start. If you did that and then you sprinkled in a couple like legit, like three workouts per week that were focused that someone programmed for you. If you don't know how to program, like that's all you really need to be able to probably feel good and move good and keep a good amount of muscle for the rest of your life, that's not going to put you in this risk of catastrophic injury. Yeah, man. Like again, exercise is great. Um, but exercise at this stage of my life, I look at exercise as the cherry on top when I can do it in the traditional sense, I do it. But again, what people are overlooking is just the importance of stab establishing a movement baseline. And I think a big problem with that is people are conditioned to think of it in terms of just steps or calories burnt. I think uh, a stepometer or whatever the fuck it's called, an odometer or whatever the fuck, I, I think it serves a purpose for sure. But also, I, I mean, just so you know, if you, if you walk 
at normal pace for you know 20 minutes, that's a mile, and a mile is about 3,000 steps. So again, it's like uh, counting portions over calories. You know, just focus on putting in the time, getting in the reps. You'll, you'll, you'll automatically get the steps. But because when you hang from a bar or when I pick up my leg on a gate, that's, you know, you're not getting traditional step count or traditional calorie burn. And again, it's being discounted. But again, when you're doing that shit throughout a day, okay, and again, you can you can bring an, set up an office, uh, a pull-up bar in your office door. You can bring a gate that you have to step over to leave your office and come back between bathroom breaks. These are choices you can make, all right? And if you lift a leg right now or lift a shoulder overhead and you hear what sounds like Rice Krispies, you're likely 5, 10, 20 years away from a joint replacement. Now, how expensive is that? And then what quality of life are you going to have with your grandkids? Or, you know, we finally in life, later in life, like you get to travel and you get to like take it easier, but like, oh no, you're in pain, you're overweight, and now you can't really enjoy activities or going like, so this is this is what I'm talking about. Like, I don't even worry about programming weight loss anymore because I can't compete with Ozempic. I can't compete with Ozempic. We know someone that took it uh, in, in eight months, lost 70 pounds. A woman, a busy woman that had kids around 40, okay, single mom. There was, there was no way that I was going to be fixed without an intervention, okay? Um, now, that person also said, you know, I'm not going to take this for granted. I'm going to start walking. I'm going to start doing some core work. Um, great, okay? But, like, the reality is what people really need, we got to get out of pain because we're addicted to pain pills. We're addicted to the concept of taking a pill to, to solve all of our problems, and we're not really to, like, overhaul the way we live. And then think about how we want to set the tone and example for our the kids that are coming behind us. And also just like the fact that like, okay, you, you're discounting picking up a leg over that thing, but like there's very few things that can heal your hips the way that can. You're gonna strengthen your hip flexors and your glutes. You know what I mean? Like you're working your, your hip joint, a ball and socket joint in all planes of motion. Most people are only taking their hips forward and backward. And they're wondering why it sounds like a broken, like a broken door frame, right? Um, so again, you, you can't discount this stuff. And by the way, this is the stuff that when you do regularly, it makes exercise so much more fun because you actually don't need as much of a warm up. You're not as in much pain and movement begets movement. You just mentioned it now. The fact that you've already taken 10,000 steps by noon or midday, you're not going to just like sit on that. You're going to say, you know what? I'm going to do something extra later when I get home because we've had sat for a couple hours here doing this stupid podcast. And again, because you've already front loaded so much movement, you're, you're just, you're in a moving mentality. You're going to do more later today. You're not just going to go lay on the couch the rest of the day. You might do it for a little bit, but you'll probably also break it up with some mobility and some Netflix and stretch, right? So again, this is what I'm talking about. Like we're approaching the new year and you and I are about to see a bunch of people go through the same process of getting a gym membership they're not going to use, buying a fucking Peloton bike, they'll ride a couple times from someone screaming and dancing on it to get them motivated enough to do something they hate because they hate riding a bike. Who wants to ride a bike in place? Like an assault bike, interval base, occasionally great. But like, this is not going to solve, like, is this going to be it? No, it's not going to be it. You've got to ask yourself, do I want to just accept the fact that I'm going to have to replace these joints? Do I want to just take a pill to fix all of my problems? Okay. And I'm not saying you don't need to take it and you don't need a medical intervention at times, but it's not gonna. It's not gonna solve all your problems. It's just not gonna do it. So, the guy that asked, 
so for us to talk about Ozempic is like I I wish I wish I didn't ask. But uh, I mean, look, man, you love us or hate us, Jeremy and I just give you the real. We don't pull any punches. We tell you exactly what we think, and I know it turns a lot of people off. But what benefit is it for you and I to just bullshit people? Does it, does it really help anyone? No. No, and I think you know, for the, a small number of people, like yeah, it's probably the the only option for you to get started. And it's probably the one thing that'll it could save your life from you, you know, having a massive heart attack because you got two hundred and eighty pounds to lose, and you're just you're not going to put the time in. But for a lot of other people, like even for that person, you have to fix the underlying issues. And for a lot of people, even just working out a couple times a week is not enough, dude. Like doing a couple workouts each week, but no other movement outside of that is not going to be enough for you to keep your mobility, your flexibility, your range of motion, and your strength. You just have to move your body more. I'm not saying sitting is the new smoking, but sitting and doing nothing is not good for you you have to just we're, we're meant to move more we're not meant to just sit all day and just watch shit and just be immobile and have all our food delivered and everything done for us like we're meant to get up and do shit like put your arms over your head sit on the ground stand up move around and if more people did that and just committed to doing like at least an hour of just overall movement a day like it would change most people's lives and not eating like an asshole on top of it. We can keep going on and on about it. But you know, again, like I just, I just get fired up about it. Cause again, it, it does feel like some, there's, there's times where I know you feel this too. It's like, am I wasting my time? And I, I know we're not, cause there's enough people obviously that, that have listened to us over the years. And again, like we're not trying to get you indoctrinated into our individual approaches. You know, it's not, you know, no one's asking you to do the Jeremy Scott method or the Godor method, okay? We're just trying to encourage you guys to like, you know, we, we, we've gotten soft. And by the way, soft has nothing to do with masculinity. It doesn't make you soft to cry when you feel pain. What soft means is like, things are just too easy for us. We have to create some forms of hardening, conditioning, or obstacles for ourselves if we want to maintain what our ancestors had, right? People that like really did the, the, all the stuff that we're benefiting today from, from the hard work that was done from generations before where people didn't know where a meal was coming from. You know, we're like, no one's delivering food to these people, okay? In an instance, you got to go out and you got to get shit the classic traditional way. So that's also what I think fitness can be. It's like, you know, it's, it's a way to give yourself a little hardening and that's good too. We need that. Um, but it doesn't have to be so hard. It can also be a collection of a bunch of easy things done so frequently that like we talk about, you just fuck around and you get a triple double. If you hang from a bar regularly, you've got a real shot at spinal health and shoulder mobility. You lift a leg every time you cross the kitchen or a gate. We talked about how important walking is lifting a leg. So the gate G A T E is G A I T. Gate training. This is literally going to fix your walking mechanics. So that when you go on a walk, your, your, your pelvis isn't out of alignment. You're not going to get low back pain or stiffness. So again, you know, these are the things that really make an impact. We can go on and on. Let's kind of finish this off with, uh, I guess, closing thoughts for, for 2023 and, and kind of uh, what you're hoping for in 2024. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know where any of it goes, man. I, I really don't. Uh, I would just, I would tell everybody just, you know, be healthy in everything you do and, and not just like your physical body, but your mental health too. The things you watch, the things you consume, the things that you surround yourself with. Um, that's the big thing. The world's in a weird, crazy place across the board. I think most people see it. Um, your election stuff coming up, the technology stuff that's going on, the economy is complete shit. Um, you can't control any of those things, but you can control how you eat. You can control, you know, how you move around and then the people that you surround yourself with in your life. That's just my message just to everybody in general. For us, um, same old shit, man. Just kind of finishing off the year. Uh, got some stuff coming on the pipe. Our 47-day transformation kicks off in uh, in January. We'll pump it like crazy. It's just a, it's a program where we walk you guys through everything um, from head to toe. It's really a, a behavioral program um to make the changes you really have to make whether you take ozempic or whatever the fuck you do on top of it it doesn't matter um but it's the re it's the behavior things and hopefully it's enough motivation to, to get people to finish not just 47 days but go beyond that and like have a program that you can build on and a set of skills you can build on because at the end of the day like that's what this is it's just we've acquired all these little skills over time and built them into a lifestyle and that's the people i, I see be most successful where they don't dread every single day you might not love every single day of, of your training or what you're doing, but you just understand it's a necessary evil to look, to move and feel the way you want to feel. You have to put in the work and you have to pay a little bit of a price up front to reap the rewards in the back end. Yeah. And again, like you, you spent a full year developing that program. You've ran so many people through it. Like there's nothing wrong with the gateway program. I keep going back to gate. Like, so the, the gate example, and it's like, BJ, will you shut up about the fucking dog gate? But again, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, my, my, so my wife initially is like, this is stupid. She start, she's been doing it for the last week. And she's been blown away by the workout she's been getting for her glutes. Because like to, to pick up a leg slowly over a gate and, and, and keep doing that repeatedly, like, you end up getting an amazing glute workout. Now, you can go to a gym and get in a hip thruster machine and do your 10 to 20 sets. That's great. But you can also just at home lift a leg. And if anything, that can help the stuff you do in the gym too. So, um, you know, again, I, I guess what I would say to people is stop. So gateway in the sense that movement begets movement. Why would you want to go out and walk when you're in pain and your hips are hurt, hurting and they're stiff? But it's throughout the day you're working on your hip mobility by picking up a leg or sitting at your desk uh, with a pillow on the floor and in a split kneeling position so you're actually stretching your hip flexors right these these are the things that you can do like right now i've been sitting on a 50 pound medicine ball and i can actually I'm, i've been gyrating my hips i've been moving in and out like that's sorry about the <laughs> a moose knuckle right there but uh i guess it's free on youtube you gotta pay in only fans but um this is this is what i'm really trying to get through to you guys like Come on, man. Like, and I, the other thing I'll say too is so that that program for people that 47 day that you use time and time again with great results, that can literally unlock for people the rest of their physical lives. Because again, the confidence you build and the winning habits that that program's going to give people. Um, so I'm all about gateways. And again, the gateway can be the 47 day, the gateway can be anytime you pass the bar, you hang on it. It could be 10 seconds, but we also know one of the biggest predictors of longevity is grip strength. There's really two big ones. It's grip and being able to get up off the ground are the biggest predictors of whether you don't have a quality of life late in life. But 
people are going to keep discounting that. I guess I'll close out with this, man. Like you mentioned earlier too, like the, you guys, if you have questions, ask me because BJ, you can't interact with BJ anymore. You turn off comments. And like, I've gotten to the point, man, like if you want to insult me, you got to pay me money first. So you, if you want to subscribe to the Daily BJ, get a free seven-day trial. I'll give you the first shot. You can say whatever you want to me. I'll block you later. But that's the only way I'm going to allow any more negativity in my life. I've spent the last 20-plus years. I've made mistakes. But every everything I share, man, like if you use it and you and you listen to it, it can help make you a better man in and out of the gym today. That's all I've tried to do. And I've made some mistakes along the way. And, and part of the reason I turned off comments too, Jeremy, is because it's not just the negativity that throws you off, right? Because people don't realize when you drop, you go and you drop. And I share this on a recent episode. So I, I look back, uh, I was looking for an image for Speed Tread because um, I, I was sharing something related to that. And it came upon the trailer for it that Men's Health released when it came out. And it took me back 11 years ago. Like this was for me a big achievement of my life. And I look at this and uh, some of the comments I saw, man, I wanted to literally crawl into a hole and die. I, this is one of the quotes and I'll put it up on the screen. I literally hate this guy. And I was just trying, look, I come from nothing, man. My father came from fucking a slum in North Africa. And I just wanted to make a life for myself and my family. And I wanted to impact people and share the power of fitness with people that it did for my life. And that's what I'm getting hit with on the day I'm releasing this project. And again, there were some positive comments too, but again, like when you go and you drop that type of negativity on someone, you got to start thinking about what that does. It's not just that person, that person goes home and they take that to their spouse, their kids. They take it to their place of worship, their church, their mosque, their temple. They go into their community centers and they bring that negativity with them. What do you want to be a part of in this life? Do you want to be someone that is a cancer that takes the worst of you and just proliferates it online without any consequence? Or do you want to be someone that, look, we all think it. I see some shit like, and, and I just, but I table it. I keep it to myself because there's no benefit in me saying something negative about someone who's just trying to do the best they can. Now we talk some shit about Kevin Hart to think about that thing. But to me, that's an exception to the rule. It's like at some point, like you've had enough. Well, success. well yeah, but for him, it's like, you know, it's like everything you do is in gold. The dude's crushed it. He's amazing. He's yeah. awesome. I go, that's just not his, that's that, that one show was just not his thing, but I think he can take it too. Nobody asked for it. Right. But, but ultimately too, it's like, and I share that too, because most people will never even take the chance of doing something, one thing great, right? Like putting yourself on the line uh, to make a men's health DVD. Obviously you got to get the opportunity, but to go and actually do it. Like I was in day one, bro. And my knees were already completely swollen. I had four days left. I don't, I don't know. I just had to figure out how I was going to get through it. And I was in tears by the end of it, but then it's finally released. And then that's what you get hit with. Um, the typical person would have quit and they would not have made another thing again in their life out of fear of criticism. And you're saying, well, but you've eliminated comments. Well, I've done that because I don't need the negativity to just like, there's some things that I've wanted to share, like motivational stuff or wisdom stuff. I've been afraid to post because someone's going to say, fuck you, you don't know what you're talking about. Stick to fitness. I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit that that, that affects me. That can ruin my fucking day. All right. And I know my mind, I've actually got a mood disorder where negativity affects me 
much greater than the average person. So for me, the other piece of it, by the way, Jeremy, you, you, you experience this too. Like you make something that isn't very good, but it gets a lot of praise. Now, the analogy I give is you're in the open ocean and you deviate just a slight degree to the left. 10 strokes, 100 strokes, no big deal. 1,000 strokes, 10,000 strokes, all of a sudden, like, you are going in the complete opposite fucking direction. This is the danger of praise. When you allow a consumer to guide what you're making versus focusing, what, what is the goal here, right? If I share something, I've used it, and or I've had other people use it, and it's helped them. I'm not saying it's going to change your life, and I, but I got to share something every day. So it's not always going to be groundbreaking, but most great things in life aren't. These are just habits and practices. So what I'm trying to say is the praise doesn't help me because I know everything I share is straight fucking fire. I've been doing this a long time and I've used it on myself and other people at the dailybj.com, just like you have at the Jeremy Scott Fitness app. So I'm not going to let praise distract me from the process. I'm okay with sharing a boring video that doesn't go viral because I know the benefit of what this is going to do for you. But if I focus on the praise, I won't share that because it doesn't do well. So that, 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 that's my type of mindset. I'm not going to let the negativity come my way. I don't need the positivity because all I'm going to do is take what I know works and, and, and project it in a positive way. And then, like you say, that David Jack says, take what you want, leave the rest. Well, and that's what I talk about with people. Like, that's how you make yourself healthy, like mentally um, and emotionally, too. It's like you have to know like what you're willing to to deal with and what you're willing to take on. And that's where a lot of people like where your brain's not equipped to watch global news. Your brain's not equipped to read comments from a thousand people or whether they're good or bad. Like you're just, we're not, we're not that evolved in our heads to, to go either direction. And so again, like I manage it the way that I do for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a weird space to be in and, and you're in a unique position. And a lot of people use social. I think you just, Again, the takeaway is you got to do what's best for you. And I think a lot of people, social can be a great gift um, or the internet or whatever you want to call it these days. But it also is a weird, it's a weird space to be in. And so just when I say be healthy, it's not just move good and eat right. It's like, look at all the things that you're consuming on every level and see when you watch them, when you listen to them, when you read them, does it make you feel a certain kind of way? Can you identify that? And if it makes you feel like shit more often than not, maybe you can use it in a different way or maybe you don't need to use it at all and obviously i figured it out bj's figured it out and that's what like being a health professional really is at the end of the day and i think a lot of people if you can hear that when i say it and really put it into play and notice like hey you're going to spend one minute on youtube or instagram and you find yourself 37 minutes later down a rabbit hole maybe you should put some safeguards in place and you know what it's all a choice i i, I there was a uh we're gonna wrap this up here but uh, Herman Edwards, who, uh, you know, he's like all-time player coach, whether he was a, uh, an all-time coach itself, that's up for debate, but anyone who played for Herman Edwards loved to do it. And Herman Edwards leads by example. He's always running the stadium steps, one of the most in shape older men you'll ever see. And they asked him like, how do you stay in shape? Uh, Herm, how do you do it? He leans in, he goes, it's a choice. It's a choice. If you're listening, whatever you're trying to do next year, it's a choice. And above all else, choose to project positivity. We need it. 
we need it. You got to lead by example and you got to set the tone and just be positive. I'm not saying you have to be uh, <laughs> toxically positive, right? Like it's okay to have a bad day, be in a bad mood, but like keep that to yourself. Don't bring that to other people. People are already dealing with enough of that bullshit. Everywhere you look, we see bad news. Okay. Choose to project positivity and also above else, just choose to move. Choose to move next year. Keep it that simple, all right? Do the 47 day as a gateway. Do the 47 day as a gateway. Get some athletic greens. Yeah, he benefits from it, okay? And he, like, unlike me, he'll actually send you a sample, all right? But if you go through both of our links, you get five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D, okay? Because always be selling. This is a business! Contrary <laughs> to popular belief, Jeremy, it's a business. So. We gave you three hours of our time on a Sunday. I know that doesn't mean a lot to everyone, but a simple like, share, and subscribe, that'd be nice. A one second five star, that'd be even better. A simple review. BJ Podcast Good, Jeremy Podcast Good. That'll make our days, okay? And again, we, we both look. If I don't resonate with you, check out Jeremy's stuff, okay? We're both just trying to get people moving. Uh, we give you guys the real. No bullshit, no gimmicks, no scams. And uh, sometimes it sounds like uh, two old men. Um, that's because we are. What do you want from hey, us? Yeah, hopefully you guys, uh, we appreciate you guys. And hopefully you got something out of this. Two, two dudes talking shit for, for three hours here. I think uh, the best way to close this out is with a good old fuck Peloton. Yeah, man, don't buy a Peloton. Like, buy BJ's shit, buy my shit. Support your local gyms before you just buy an overpriced bike that you're not going to use. Big, big Fitness, they literally sit atop their... Uh, when I think of Big Fitness, I think of, like, a giant Peloton bike the size of, like, a mountain. And they're just up there, they're sitting on top, they're just laughing at the plebeians down below. They're just laughing. All these people are going to spend several thousand dollars on a bike they're never going to use again, and they're going to cash out and get all their profits. These are the people we're fighting against. They have no interest in teaching you how to use your body. They have no t interest in empowering you. And uh, it's all just a house of cards anyway. So hope you guys enjoyed this. Project positivity. Move. I guess one of the things I say too, like, stop talking about it. Stop listening to it. Just do fit shit in 2024. And it's a lot more simple than it needs to be. Hang from a bar, go for a daily walk, lift a fucking leg when you come into the kitchen. You'd be blown away with what can happen for your mind, body, and soul. All right? Love you guys. Jeremy, you want to sign us off? Uh, appreciate you guys. Um, and as always, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. Talk to you soon. Peace. Woo